Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We've got an expected guest and an unexpected guest. Uh, both uh, usually um, are, are are welcome anywhere they go, unless there's uh, mothers or, or older family involved in the events. Then they're probably not really wanted in the mix. Uh, that is going to be. Uh, we got a, as usual to my left. We got Houdini across the way from me. This time I got on a screen via Google Plus. Valverde. And then we got Stag Party in the mix over there. And then, as usual, I got Dogmatica as well. I'm D-Rex. We, as a collective, are Pyromaniac.com. We're going to get into, um, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy. Val, I'm going to let you start off. You, you said it right when we started on this, this hangout. It's amazing that it's friggin' already week 12. And in most leagues, you got three weeks till playoffs. What, what are your thoughts on, on how fast this has gone by and whatnot? It's just gone completely quick, uh, almost like in a blink of an eye, as that old saying goes. So, you know, it's time to buckle in and, and get things done before you're eliminated out of the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, go ahead, Stag. I mean, today we got some huge news just on a couple different fronts. Yeah. It's almost like it was training camp. We got Ben Tate being, you know, released. We've got, uh, you know, Garrett Blunt being released. Yesterday we got Josh Gordon coming back in the mix, which is going to be a boon for some guys. I just want to know... Adrian Peterson not going to be able to play for the rest of the season? That's a good point, too. Just a huge number of kind of potential changes to your potential lineups for the next couple weeks. Brandon Cooks being uh, sent to IR. He's done for the season. And speaking of rookie receivers, seven rookie receivers in the top 31 this year. Seven. Crazy. That's insane. You'll never see that again. Seven. One out of every four and a half is a rookie receiver. Well, it, goes, it just goes to show too how you know 
I, it was amazing. We, we had talked about that one in the preseason, just about the, the rookie class. This was such an amazing rookie class of depth of players, players that were drafted in the fourth round receivers that should have been drafted in second rounds of any other draft. Um, so, yeah, this has been a really exciting year. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. And one of the things on uh, the interwebs, on Facebook, and some of the Twitter stuff that in the love that we're getting um, back is, wow, you guys are really have helped out a lot this year because we are talking about rookies early and often. We're doing we're, – we're covering podcasts – of the combine, we're covering the draft, and we're on top of the rookies because it's changed. It's not like it used to be where rookies don't do crap, as Houdini always says on the podcast. Carl Pickens, one rookie of the year, with what was it, seventeen catches, no, twenty-six catches <laughs> for three hundred twenty-six yards and one touchdown. There you go. That's what used to happen <laughs> in the eighties when we started doing in ninety early nineties fantasy football. The, the, the tenth so best, bad. the tenth best rookie receiver. Has 31 catches for 463 and three touchdowns. That That's used Odell to be, Beckham, and he hasn't even played a full season. He's only played six games. That used Jeez. to be an amazing rookie season for a guy. Absolutely. 31 for 453 and three touchdowns. Hey, good, great year. Friggin' awesome. Well, let's get in. As I know, we got a bunch of people here, so everyone's got to get a moment to talk. All good. We'll find the time. We usually like to. Uh, Hopefully, we don't take too much of your time, D Rex. That, how you savor that so much. Yeah, it's true. Actually, I'm feeling a little quieter than usual. So, uh, you know, amen to you. We'll give, we'll take the spotlight off of me for you, Stag Party. Anything for you, buddy. Well, let's get into these games. Uh, we got the uh, on Thursday Night Football, we've got the NFL Network showing the Chiefs are going to be at the Raiders. So, wow, the Raiders really stink. Let's just start there. Is, um is Carr going to be okay and he's playing and everything? But he's sitting out. He's kind of yeah, being yeah, held yeah, without yeah. practice. A little bit banged up, but he'll be fine. He'll he'll be in there for the Thursday night game. What does um, fine mean? I need you to quantify fine uh, from a fantasy standpoint. How many points does as someone that's – I actually traded him. Never mind. I have I, I did. No, I, yeah, no. I mean, I, I traded him. I mean, I got great value because oh. we play with, you know, rookies. We have to start a rookie. So – Carr was, you know, a, a prime candidate to, to trade early on, get some great value because he was starting before everybody else. So I did. I mean, I ended up getting Jordy Nelson back Jesus, with that. I traded bad Carr team. and uh, Michael Crabtree for Nelson and Pierre Thomas. Pierre Thomas has been out. Might actually be back this week, which would be nice. But that, that And Crabtree until this week was garbage. Yeah. Finally had, a, finally had a, a nice play. So I'll take the Jordy Nelson. And I still had Bridgewater as my backup <laughs> as a rookie. I have a lot of other rookies. But, yeah, Carl, Carl will be just fine for this week. Going up against Kansas City, who actually does pretty well against quarterbacks. Um, he won't be the greatest play, but um, – He's going to need to pass some uh, because uh, Kansas City is going to hold that ball. They're going to run the shit out of it. Uh, Jamal Charles is going to have himself a great game. Carr's going to have to play uh, some catch-up mode, and that's what's going to happen. They're going to throw uh, they have a lot of receivers on that team who can catch balls. Uh, Kansas City plays pretty well against that pass, but I can see Carr doing a little bit of damage, not a lot. He's going to be a, a low, low-end low uh, QB2, but he's going to be playing. He'll be okay. Jamal Charles is a must-start. <laughs> but this game especially, uh, look what he did last week against Seattle. And, and now you're going to go up against uh, the Raiders. The Raiders have allowed well over you know over 100 yards to the last three teams that they faced. But let's also go back and remember some recent history of Jamal Charles against the Raiders. Remember last year, it was, it was a game at the end of the season. He had eight carries for 20 yards and a touchdown. 
But he also had eight receptions for 195 yards and four more touchdowns. It was in Sanity. That won championships for people that. It got that people into week, the playoffs. Right? Yeah. It was week 16, one, depending on how you're, uh, yeah. how you're leaving. And it possibly could have won a couple of guys' uh, total points simply from that outing alone. That was, uh, I thought this was at the end of the, uh, at the, in the, in the championship, week 16. No, uh, no, it wasn't that deep into it. No, it I wasn't, mean, it it wasn't the really championship. It was, it was either week, it, I think it was week 14 No, no or it was 15. week 14. Yeah, 14. 14. Because remember, week, uh, and they had kept him out of the last game of the season. They kept too. him out of week 17. Huh. Right. So, yeah, it was it was week 14. But it was um, the start of the fantasy playoffs. So, you got off to the right. You got off on the right foot. Well, Val by I, you know, I think they're showing a little disrespect to your Northern Cali by going right from Derek Carr into the Kansas City Chiefs. They gave, they don't think that anybody else on those Raiders is worth, uh, worth a lick in fantasy. Is there anyone else that you should uh, – that you should play or has any value on the Raiders uh, in fantasy football? Nobody you can trust. Uh, Latavius Murray might get some action because Raiders are just done, so they might want to look at him a little bit. But as far as any kind of value that you can trust, absolutely nothing. There you go. Stag party, what up? Just overall, man, the Raiders are the worst offensive team sort of for fantasy purposes you know, according to points scored, uh, you know, do well in pretty much any category. I mean, the only guy you can consistently trust is maybe uh, Mike Rivera, uh, who's been coming on late. And speaking of tight ends, you know, they, the other side is going to have Travis Kelsey, uh, who, you know, and all said and done last week, sort of crapped the bed with that fumble. And, you know, they only threw 16 passes. So, but, you know, he's got another nice matchup here against the Raiders. So, that's hey, Latavius Murray. Uh, and this is what I wanted. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. He's going to be the a guy to watch. Exactly. Four carries for forty three yards last week. Now remember, he's been. This is his third year. Is that, is that right? Yeah. So and, and, so and, not, and he was basically redshirted that first year. He was out the whole season. Well, that's not even my early. point. I think the other the other point is I think is uh, I'm not sure what his contract was, but it's either on the rookie deal. It's either a three or a four year contract. So they either have him under control for next year, or he's going to be coming up. Either, either or, they want to know going in because what they got in it. Because otherwise, with McFadden and, and MJD, Jim, you know, they don't have anything there that you're concerned with. He's got explosiveness. He's had those other couple years now under his belt to kind of see what's going on. He's gotten a couple chances. I think here's a guy that, you know, and I put him in the, uh, in, the in the pickups for this week because this is a guy that is interesting for a flyer on. You know, this is, you, you know, you, you should go there. And at one other point when you were talking about how this is no fantasy points around. Talk about the other side, just the wide receivers for uh, uh, Kansas City. Do you realize they have zero touchdown catches as a group on the season? Well, and they will very likely finish the season with zero touchdown catches on the season as a group. They beat uh, what Broncos and Smith had 108 passing yards. I mean, yeah. how does it? It's, it's pretty ridiculous. Well, that's, that, that's the way that that team works, and they're kind of worked that way until Smith is gone. And well, not even just until Smith is gone. Uh, because they, they, they kind of re-upped with him, and they're going to have to stick with him. But they don't have any receivers, plain and simple. Yeah, I mean, Kelsey is a great threat, but Charles is so dominant, and that offensive line is is incredibly good. Um, I, I just don't see them moving away from that sort of system for at least a couple of years, and it's, it's going to be bonus for anybody who owns Char- uh, Jamal Charles. Did you see I, who scored the touchdown for uh, yeah, Kansas City? Yeah, yeah. Uh, My boy. Nah. <laughs> Tony Moyaki. Oh, Moyaki. Didn't Nile have, have one too at the end of the game? Yeah, Nile had a touchdown. 
Now had one. No, no, Moyaki is not on the Chiefs. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. No, he's going against. It was going against the Chiefs. That was on. Yeah, no, Moyaki. Yeah, right. yeah, Moyaki is against. Yeah. He, sees, he sees Moyaki in a, in an in no, no, no. Iowa uniform. Well, Doesn't no, matter. No, no. He's wearing black and yellow. He used to play for Kansas City. I remember. So, That's where he started. Of course, the only team that, that he'll ever score a touchdown against would be Kansas City. Moeaki is one of those fantasy guys that we've talked about so much more on this podcast and in general than he deserves the the uh, you know the print on. He just has never done a Chicago thing. boy. He's a local guy. He is? All right. Real yeah. quick error that we just had. Um, Murray was actually a rookie in 2013. He signed. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. He signed a four-year year deal so. then. He's, he's, he's under contract through through 2016, so he won't be a free agent until 2017. Right. He can also catch passes. He caught three passes last game as well, besides the four carries for 47 yards or whatever it was. Yeah. He led the team in fantasy points. He's definitely somebody to watch going forward because he is a physical freak. He's one of those... Yeah. Freaks that could just uh, take a hold of this position and run with it for the rest of his career. I mean, he's that dominant. He is that physically freaky that he, he's somebody that you're going to want to grab right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I put in a waiver claim for Latavius Murray. I mean, just talking about his freakish ability, he is 6'3", 225, runs a 4'3". You know, they signed him out of the um, – eventually, I think he played a couple games in the CFL, uh, or he was – you know, through waiver wires, undrafted, ended up in the CFL for a while. Uh, you know, played at Central Florida. He's kind of that kind of big, fast guy that dominates, you know, the speed score, uh, you know, which Ben Tate used to be the top of, uh, other guys like that. And they could just, you know, run through holes when given the chance. So I'm excited to at least see him get an opportunity. Uh, you know, besides that, if he doesn't shine with this opportunity, I think – the Raiders are a prime team, drafting highly, going to take a running back. And I, sure I, you know what? I, I, I actually, I'm not so sure about uh, them taking a, a high pick on a running back anymore. That's I think the they've, they've, they've wasted enough on that, and somebody, something's got to change with that. But anyway, th- th- this game's had enough talk. But let's, let's move on to the next one. I agree. Browns are going to be at the Falcons. Um, obviously, big news that you mentioned and alluded to before. Stags. Tate was the big signing all the way back. They were talking about signing Tate all the way back to when they traded Trent Richardson back last year. They, they were already there was rumblings that 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 uh, that crew over there was planning on making making a move for Tate in the offseason. It did happen. Not that any of that management or GM situation was still there. Lombardi and all the all those guys were were kind of axed and uh, brought. They got brought in a new regime, but they signed him. They got all this stuff. They get they drafted Terrence West. Crowell's playing uh, really nice. Dropped him today, and now there's buzz that maybe he might go to Indy. But which is interesting. But I just want to say what what's so much nicer for football teams as opposed to say baseball, where contracts are guaranteed. So they made a play at going for him in a trade to trade for Ben Tate the year before. Didn't get him, and then they signed him. But now he does nothing for him. They cut him. The White Sox years ago made a, a tried to make a push to sign a trade for Adam Dunn. Uh, when he was on, uh, was struggling. Cincinnati. Then, yes. then they, then they, then they do sign him uh, in the off season as a free agent, and they've been stuck with him for the yeah. last four years because you have to stick with the guys that you pay for in baseball. Same thing in basketball, and it's football is the only sport that you could just cut, cut your losses immediately See, if man. you want. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I mean, because I would never want to cut. About, About day. Day. Uh, so now, 
You got any uh, you got any thoughts on on the running back situation now that Tate's out of the mix? Um, how's this West Crowell thing gonna gonna pan out from your uh, standpoint? You know, I, I think that they're going to probably just go with whoever has a hot hand there. You know, it makes it a lot easier for fantasy owners just because now it's down to two. Yeah. But you still can't really trust on who they're going to start and who they're going to play. So I would just stay away from it, you know, if you're if you're on one or two of those guys until there's some solid situation that goes, goes down. Because other than that, West could have a great game when they're saying they're going to start Crowell and just vice versa. So I would stay away from it if I was a fantasy owner. Well, as, as it happens, um, they happen to go with whoever has the best week in practice from what they say. Last week, it was Kroll who had the best week in practice. And, I mean, I don't know if we should call him Kroll or Crowell. Yeah. I, whatever you want to call him. The guy's a beast. I've been saying it since the offseason. Yeah. I said it. Since I said it back in April when he was undrafted, the guy was an absolute beast in college. Um, he had some problems uh, in college. He got cut from Georgia and um, got, got released there, and he was a beast wherever he went to some Juco. Yeah, yeah. Well, after it's a lot of guys you know. that go to Georgia and get cut, Zach Mettenberger. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know it, it, the guy was a, a top flight prospect who. If he had stayed on Georgia and actually played there throughout his career, would have been a first-round draft pick, if you ask me. And it turns out the guy is an absolute stud. They should stick with him. He has a 4.6 yards per carry as opposed to Tate and West, who are both under 4, both under 3.6, to be quite honest. Um, I, I think the Kroll's going to take this thing by the horns, and he's really going to run with it. I, I do like West for the future. I like this one-two punch. Mm-hmm. Um, it just so happens in the one league I'm playing this year, I have them both. Uh, and I think they're both actually playable. This is a big-time running offense who has an easy running schedule for the rest of the season. And to, add, to add to that, too, this was a problem when you had three heads to feed. Yes. You, you cut a head off. So, and, and wondering, and I agree with what Valverde said, too, because you don't know where the carries are always going to go because it was Terrence West that was getting 16, 20 carries the two weeks prior and then 26 here, carries. twenty-six. Yeah, I, I didn't have the number for. It. Yeah, but it was twenty-something. Uh, and and then it was it uh, last week? He only got uh, I think it was like six carries. Yeah. And Crowell Crowell had fourteen carries. So, and as you said, you know, it's determined by who goes through the week. But I, the way that I envision it going forward is that I think each of these guys are going to pretty much going to get a series to start the game. And you know, whoever maybe had the better practice, maybe he gets two series to start it if, if that's the case. But then if the other guy comes in and is hot, they're not going to hesitate you because they've already showed you, and, and everyone should feel this way on that team. They just cut Ben Tate. No one's no one's got an earned a job here, so it's who's doing the most with the carries is going to get the most of the carries the rest of the game. Yeah. And we're talking about, you know, this week in terms of matchup, it can't get much better. Oh, it's God. the Falcons who've been, you know, pretty much dismantled by any running back who's walked through the door. So I like... You know, Crowell's my top waiver wire pickup this week. Uh, you know, I put him in, you know, he's my number one priority. You know, over the guy who had a four-touchdown game who we'll talk about later. But he is my top waiver wire priority just because of things I've seen him do on a consistent basis and the fact that I know that this offense wants to run the ball like 
56 to 60% of the time. Strength of schedule also plays a, uh, a factor into it. Cleveland has a very easy strength of schedule the rest of the year for running backs. The four-touchdown guy you're talking about, Jonas Gray, we might as well mention, has a very tough strength of schedule for the rest yeah, of the And Tavis West is pretty much owned in like 87 90% of leagues. Kroll's the one that's still available. Yep. Nice. Well, obviously big news. People uh, got him on the waiver wire. A lot of people took a late-round flyer on him, thinking that something might, lo and behold, happen. Josh Gordon, who's actually, since this is episode 12, he is number 12. He's got a big number 12 tattoo on his back and has his name. You guys seen that? You know, right in the, at the bottom in between the one and the two, there's a weed leaf. There's a weed leaf there. Go check it out. I just posted up on really? the... Yeah. He's got right, a tattoo right in his back. Weed leaf. What do you... Bush. Wow. We've got Bush. Oh, hello, <laughs> Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But he's going to be the graphic uh, for this show. Rarely do I put a player on as the graphic, but we're going to do a big big shine on and show up as number 12 because this is episode 12. What's up, Snakes? I've been holding on to Josh Gordon all season, you know, just waiting for this week, you know, trying to make staying around 500 just to make that final playoff push. And then, you know, Josh Gordon better bring me to promised land. He's been very thankful that you've been hanging on to him and keeping him warm while it's gotten really cold out here. So. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's very I can only imagine how cold it is in Cleveland. Like, but if he sells Mike or leases Mike Miller a car again, he should be doing all right. <laughs> I will say this, though. Um, I don't expect them to throw him back into the fire immediately. Uh, I, I, Listen, he is up to speed, and he has been hanging around the facility, and has, he has been working out and, and whatever. But this is, has been a run-based team, and they've been doing very well at it. Okay, they, they actually have a, a good record. You know, they've been doing very well with what they've been uh, doing all year, and that's the run game. Listen, they did get rid of Ben Tate, which will take away from the run game because the threat won't be there for three guys being uh, healthy and rested every single series. So it may move to the passing game a little bit, but I don't see it so much this first week, especially against a team that has been, like, as you said, Stag Party, decimated by the run all year long in the Atlantic Fal- Falcons. What are your thoughts on the receiving uh, situation or any anything on uh, on Cleveland, Valverde? You know, I, I... Or go to the Falcons if you want as well. Well, the Falcons are, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, I don't know what the hell's going on with that dude. But, he, you know, he, he has a healthy Jones and he has a healthy Roddy White. He looked okay last week, but he, he's just, you know, not, not doing very well at all considering those weapons there. Now, with Gordon, you know, I just really – I don't know what kind of offensive game plan they're going to go with just because of the fact that I think part of this, right, that they don't really want to get Gordon involved right away because he does need to get accustomed to the gameplay and stuff like that. But – you know, what a better defense to get accustomed to than the Atlanta Falcons. So how much he's going to get played is is really, you know, up in the air there. Um, people are people are really putting all their eggs in his basket and thinking he's going to really bring a lot to the table. You, are you, Stags? Are you thinking all he's my eggs are in the basket. Alford's out this week, or he broke an ankle or something. He's going to be out the rest of the season. Ooh. Steve Al- or the Alford. Steve Alford! Steve Alford. Oh. He's actually been ranked as the fourth best corner in the entire league this year. Strangely, 
uh, whether he's actually that good or not. I think teams run on them so much that he doesn't get tested as much. But he'll be one on one against uh, Josh Gordon, and I, I don't. I just don't see Gordon having that type of game where everybody's expecting him to be a savior. He's not going to be a savior well, week one of his. But of, but, of, but here's of the, the thing: for anyone that has him, hopefully he, he's not coming in and going to be your wide receiver one. You've been living the whole season without him, so you're bringing you're actually taking your wide receiver three or your flex spot that you've been rotating different players in and out of, and you're putting him in there. So I agree with you. Um, don't expect the world, but know that you're not. I know that these people are not putting them in there in there as their wide receiver one, but you have the potential. He can always break a deep one. All it takes is one play. You get a 70-yard touchdown, and you're having a great fantasy day. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's true. I mean, the guy has potential. Every single week he, he goes out there. I mean, he did something in 14 weeks that, last year that a lot. Correct. That 99.9% of receivers don't do in 16. Here's the guy that I think it, 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 it's interesting to see how it affects or who, how it affects him is Gabriel. This kid's been coming on lately. Yeah. And Gordon does the same thing that he does as far as taking the top off of it. So, It'll be sure interesting enough. how they're going to deploy him while they have another player that does the same type of thing. Out. Sure enough, Andrew Hawkins was the one who caught a touchdown last week yeah. and actually did okay. And he's had some nice games. He's put out some fantasy points, targeted plenty, uh, was out a little uh, bit Andrew of Hawkins too. I'm sorry. My, a, game that I, I, a close game I lost this week. I'm like, I'm watching that Browns game. I, I'm going against Andrew Hawkins. I'm like, I see the throw. I'm like, oh, okay. That, that looks like it's Gabriel. Oh, it's Andrew Hawkins. No! <laughs> 32 yards. Oh. He's made he's made some plays for sure. Anything else? To talk, let's talk about the uh, wide receivers uh, for the Falcons briefly, and then let's move on to the uh, to the next game. What uh, what are your thoughts, uh, Stags or uh, Stags on um, Julio Jones, Roddy? What's going on? Uh, what's going on there? And anything to talk about on the? Uh, well, the Browns on defense have been playing better as of late, and you know, kind of shutting guys down. Uh, you know, Hayden's been moving around somewhat, but not as much as he has in previous seasons. So I'm looking forward to, you know, Julio hasn't done much of anything lately, so, you know, he might do it no against... No explosion games. Well, I mean, what's happening is that teams have figured out the way to stop the Falcons. They don't have much of a running game. Let's just double Julio Jones. Roddy White has lost the wheels. You know, I mean, he, he can... Still play. He's still a great receiver, and he's done well every single week. To be quite honest, for like the last, he's not four, beat last you. month, but he's not going to beat you. Julio Jones can beat you, so they double. They're going to put Hayden on him, and maybe even you know into safety over that way, just in case a little bit as well. Roddy will probably have a better game than Julio again for like the third or fourth, fourth straight week. Um, I, I don't see uh, Ryan having the greatest game in the world. The Browns have been great against uh, wide receivers this year. Is Ryan going to have a great game? This is this is the guy that's like you know was one of our guys that we had as a sneaky pick. Was it uh, was that two years ago or was that uh, I think two years? Yeah, ago. no, a couple years ago we yeah yeah we well, and, 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 and we we stayed away from him since and we I remember we all talked about it was it. three seasons ago. Three, that's what I'm saying. Three yeah, seasons ago, he's had back to back bad. Right, years. it was three seasons ago when we called his yeah. like his upcoming great, great yeah, yeah. year that year, but we we backed away from him since and. This year we were so far back away. Look what he, he's not thrown for more than three hundred yards since week five. I know. Since week five, in the last seven, uh, I'm sorry, was it, it uh, seven touchdown passes in his last six games? 
Yet still, he's the 12th, 12th leading scorer, but, scorer in the entire league. And part of that That's is crazy. also because of, of his week one where he threw the, the 448 yards and, and the three touchdowns or whatever it was. Yeah, there's, a, there's always a couple of few quarterbacks. It's the same thing with receivers. That's kind of what's happened with all the rookie wide receivers. They have huge games like Mike Evans last week or whatever um, that have put him, you know, Martavis Bryant has six touchdowns, 10th most of any wide receiver in the entire league. He's only played a few games. But he, <laughs> has been, but he has been one of the best receivers since he's been activated. So, yeah. He's, he's, also, he's helped. Yeah, he's been yeah, well, this week. But, yeah. Killed me. Uh, anything else to talk about in this Fucker. game? <laughs> no, I don't need to talk about anything. Let's move on. Uh, I'm going to do a quick I'd like to talk about Levi and Tully. No, I'm kidding. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Save it for later. Uh, we'll, um, oh, wanted... uh, no, no, no. no. I, there is yeah. one last thing about the Falcons. Antone Smith, who everybody yeah. was kind of high on early on because he had those awesome games. He's out for the season. Put him on IR. I, that's not going to boost Steven Jackson by any means. Um, the only person I could see maybe boosting a little bit is Devonta Freeman. Yeah, I can see him getting a few more carries. But that, 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 there. That's a, that running but, game is still one of the worst running games in the NFL. Agreed. For sure. Agreed. It's Terrible the line offensive line. The, huh? the line is the worst. Yeah, the worst, worst offensive line yeah. in the entire league. Pyro promo. Do me a favor, guys. Go back. Uh, we need you to go to iTunes. Go to the Fantasy Football Fire Pyro Podcast. Get us a review if you haven't given one yet. If you uh, like what you hear and you're, you're joining us on a regular basis, we appreciate that. We love that you guys do it. Go to iTunes, get us a review. That just helps our stature and get more people to know about us through the Fantasy Football Directory. Because uh, <laughs> no one's really going to be free until nerd persecution ends. <laughs> and I'd just like to apologize to Robert Alford for... You're like Robert Altman? Isn't he the director? <laughs> um, Alright, so yeah, give us a review, that'd be sweet. Let's go on to this next game. Titans, short week at the Eagles. Thought of a funny story uh, with Bishop Sankey was like who they were promoting heading into the Monday night game. It's like Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers, the story franchise. And now we got Bishop Sankey, a rookie who hasn't done jack squat is what they're doing all their promos and lead-ins on uh, on ESPN. Kind of kind of funny where they asked him, Bishop Sankey, they went and they're like, what do you think that you're the promo guy? He's like, what did I possibly do to deserve that? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, you played for the you Titans. Did, it was you or Mettenberger. Yeah. Everyone in the country hates <laughs> Mettenberger because they keep hearing about him getting jacked while he's drunk at bars. He does leap the Titans in rushing, or so John Gruden says. I mean, yeah, good times. I mean, that just shows you how badly it just shows you how badly they drafted with their quarterback super high the past you know four or five years with the Vince Young third overall and then eighth a locker and that was what three years ago maybe four yeah. years ago where they don't have, they don't have any face of the franchise because they're just grabbing crappy crappy wide receivers in their first round. I, you know, uh, as far as Sankey, I just want to say kind of the same thing that I said about him last week on the podcast. On the first drive or so or two of the game, he has always like a great run. He has a, he had thirty eight yards on the game. He had like a ten yard run on the first drive again, but but the the Titans just this is an offense that sputters. So there's never they're not putting together drive after drive after drive. 
they're putting together either turnover or three and out or, you know, there's no consistency to their offense. And that's why they're not able to really get him going and, and, and get him fired up as, as you would like to see him get see him do. He's got potential. And they also can't open up a hole for him to save their life. Sounds just like a Pontiac Bureau, if you ask me. My sister had one. Blew up on her on her way to St. Louis. Come on. Swear to God. She's driving. A person had to go out next to her. Little Pontiac Fiero. Little two-seater piece of crap. And guy's like pointing at her. Pull over. Pull over. She pulls over. She's like 110 miles outside of St. Louis. The car is, is is caught fire. It burns through crisp. So then they oh had like God. you know like with pictures of it and everything. It was, well, I'll tell you this: when GMC, when, yes, when, yes, when yes. Obama, when, when Obama was elected the first term, and they kind of realized they had to change something with the uh, with Detroit, and G, they went to that GMC meeting. Like, all right, you got a bunch of shitty brands here in your in your staple here. Which one are we going to get rid of? I'm promising you, the first one, Pontiac. Pontiac, I got a Pontiac here. Let's get rid of the Pontiac. Pontiac, it was done real quickly. And then uh, Oprah, that was right after Oprah started giving a bunch of them away, so I don't know. Um, all right, let's go. Who wants a sunfire? It's a G-Fix for all of you. All right, it's Titans Eagles. What about um, the, keep on talking about the Titans. Well, you know, Washington, nice here's the thing. Order. They're going to have to play catch-up because the Eagles are going to score against them. As uh, Pittsburgh showed, uh, you can run all day against this this, this Titans defense. I, I don't want to say you can run all day, but if you have a power back, which the, the Eagles don't really have, but I think McCoy can actually make his way through that line a little bit. McCoy has not looked like McCoy this year, but he's going to be able to make his way through that line a little bit because that uh, Tennessee defensive line just can't withstand any sort of blocking. If anybody is 300 pounds, you can block anybody on that de- defensive tight, uh, Titans line. How disgusting was that, just as, as, as a point, like for people that were in fantasy matchups like myself who had, had Kendall Wright, I just needed basically two more catches, and you have – the idiot uh, head coach uh, for uh, Wizen Hunt challenges that play. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going, it's third and four anyway. Why are you challenging the play? Save the timeout. Yeah. Oh and, then, and then they never get the ball back because every play was Le'Veon Bell, 10 yards. Le'Veon Bell, 8 yards. Le'Veon Bell, 10 yards. Le'Veon Bell, 9 yards. Literally. Every, every play. You know, I mean, that's not a joke. For, it was for the six-minute drive that it took for them to go all the way down. And by the way, and I know we're not there, but holy cow, Le'Veon Bell, that was uh, – that guy is the next coming. He is great. He is awesome to watch. His patience, patience is better than I've ever seen in my entire life of any running back I've ever seen. That is amazing. He Hold on every now. Single block. You get, you're getting all Moyaki on us. I'm <laughs> Team. If you don't have anything to say there, Val, uh, move on to the Eagles. 
Okay, yeah, um, not really anything on the Titans. Um, they suck, so who gives a, who gives a fuck about them? It's uh, <laughs> true. Agreed. I'm, I'm with you. As far as uh, the Eagles, you know, uh, you guys are bringing up a good point with the power back situation um, with Bell pretty much tearing apart the, that defense. What do, you, what do you guys think of Chris Polk maybe having an expanded role there? It's not a bad call. Polk looks like a beast when he runs. He's not the biggest guy by any means, and we, we all know that. But when he runs, he runs uh, with some serious ferocity. And I, I, I don't know. It's, he's, he's not a bad call to, uh, to get in there as a, a, a back-end flex option, big, to, uh, you know, big 16-team leagues or something like that. I, I know that McCoy's going to get the bulk of things, but I could see Polk definitely getting some carries. Stags is shaking his head. What do what, what you got on your mind over there? Chris Polk? <laughs> this, is what, this is what we're coming down to now? Shady has fallen that far from grace for being the number one overall pick that we're going to Chris Polk this week? I yeah. don't think so, boys. I think Shady gets it rolling. I think he's going to have a 100-yard game this week. Well, not only that, he, he also has a chance finally to get a touchdown as well. Because catch up to JJ uh, Watt. Oh, just, <laughs> yeah, really? JJ <laughs> Watt, he gets for me. He gets my bell. Uh, oh, oh no! I couldn't do that. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I like that. Good times. What, what, that's not. That, that's the guy that played Long Duck Dong, but. What's Takashi? Uh, Takashi is his name. Yes. That? That's awesome. Re- Revenge of the Nerds. If those of you haven't figured it out, and the uh, awesome movie, nice work on that. We, I love the way you're taking the, all the nerdy. You're not giving any of the bully side. It's very, very PC of you. There's been a great movement on ending bullying and all that stuff. So Houdini, way to go. Um, you need a, you need an elite wide receiver to run routes for you to do something against that Titans pass defense. Okay, because. Roethlisberger did not have a good time throwing against him. Uh, you know, it took a, a, a great pass and a great route at the end by Antonio Brown for him to get his touchdown pass in the end. Yes, you can run all over him, and that's going to take up most of your game. And I see the Eagles kind of doing that a bit because they know that they can. They know that they will. Um, I don't see Sanchez having the greatest game in the world. You know, the, the guy's going to be serviceable for you for the rest of the year. Don't get me wrong. And a lot of people picked him up thinking he was going to be all right, he's the next Nick Foles. So we'll get we'll get the points, but I don't see him being um, that great of a play this week. He'll maybe be right in the middle of the pack, uh, you know, fifteen, sixteen this week out of, out of thirty QBs. But uh, don't expect the world out of him this week, even though they will win the game and they're going to score their points. Well, at wide receiver for them is moving forward. Uh, you guys liking the Jordan Matthews for this week, or are you feeling that Macklin's going to get some play? And then for the tight end situation, and uh, Val Verde, I'll, I'll present this question to you at, at, at any of the receivers. Is it the Selleck show moving forward, or is it still going to be Zach Ertz? What, what, what's, what's to expect from the wide receiver situation now that you're, what, week three with Sanchez? Yeah, I really like the way Sanchez is working with Matthews. I think that, you know, pretty much Sanchez is going to be there for the rest of the year. So I think Matthews is per, is the number one guy there. Macklin, of course, is going to get numbers. You know, I mean, he's really more of a PPR type of guy where, where Matthews is going to be the touchdown maker. As far as the tight end position, I, I, I don't really know why Ertz hasn't really performed well the way the, I've um, – 
projected him to uh, in the beginning of the year. He's sort of been sort of like the Kelsey type of player where he has a couple of good games, but then disappears for a while. So it's kind of hard to call that as the tight end to, to really be certain of that situation. But I like Ertz. Ertz can, you know, definitely play. He can definitely get the job done. But whether they're going to target him or not is an entirely different story. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, let me let me jump in here real quick and, and kind of going to back to what Dog was saying first about Mark Sanchez. And I agree, I don't think Mark Sanchez is going to have a great game this this week. But partly because I think that they want, and I think they're going to lean on McCoy a lot early in this game, mm-hmm. simply because of the mistakes that he had in Green Bay, and they want to make sure that don't let him be out there throwing the ball early and all, all of a sudden have an early turnover. And now you've crushed his, you know. His mental state for the rest of the uh, of you know early on for the rest of the season, so I think they're going to let let it go early. You can run against this team and go that way. When it comes to the wide receivers, here's the other problem for Sanchez, and this is also why he's not going to be a top end guy. And this is also why I think Jeremy Macklin gets hurt a lot by not having Nick Foles there. There was just at least a comfort between uh, Nick Foles and and uh, Jeremy Macklin. There's not that comfort between him and Mark Sanchez. And for whatever reason, whenever Mark Sanchez has had his number one receiver, and Macklin's obviously getting all the attention, uh, while, while Jordan Matthews has been able to, you know, just kind of be running the secondary routes, and he can't fit those easy, you know, those tight passes in where he needs to fit it in tight coverage. That's never been Mark, what Mark Sanchez can do. He has to be smarter and check down to what's open. And right now, he's got more of a comfort level because he was playing with them on the practice squad and Jordan Matthews. And Jordan Matthews is making plays and, and doing it once he gets the ball in his hands. He's making moves after after the catch. If you don't mind, you mentioned something real quick, D-Rex. Um, I think a lot of it has to do, and it's strange to think of it this way, but it's just reality. And you have to look at things from a, a realistic perspective sometimes. Nick Foles is six six. He can see over everybody. So he can throw it to somebody like Macklin, who's a little bit shorter. I mean, he's not like you know five eight, but he's you know six foot six one at most, or something like that. Um, however, Sanchez is only six two, if that, and I think he's actually a tiny bit shorter than, than six foot two. To see over those offensive linemen, he's looking at somebody, a Jordan Matthews, who's big. Jordan Matthews six three. Three. Jerry Macklin six foot. Yes, exactly. There's a there's a big difference between a six three receiver out there and a six foot receiver out there. You look at somebody like a Drew Brees. Who did he look for in his early career? Colston. Right, who six for, and who does he look for now a lot? Obviously, Jimmy Graham, who's 6'7". Yeah. You know, you see those shorter quarterbacks. They look for the bigger receivers because they can't see. I hate to say it. Those offensive linemen now, 6'7", 6'6", 6'5". They're gigantic fucking people. Yeah. Like, right? I, to, to throw to those, uh, you know, those players out there, you've got to be able to point. see them. So let's, let's, let's come up. Can we come up with our greatest all-short man team? So I gotta have Doug Flutie as my quarterback. You know, you're gonna have to have like Darren Sproles is gonna have to be one of your yeah, one of your running backs. Sure. Maybe maybe uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, what was the guy uh, uh, Joe uh, on uh, Joe Morris? Joe Morris, right yeah. from the New York Giants. Absolutely, Eric Metcalf. Eric Metcalf. But who are our wide receivers? Who we got? We got any any good? Really gonna get the really good short wide receivers there? Well, the currently he's not that great, but I think the shortest guy right now is Demarius Johnson, right? He's 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 on the he's on Texas. Yeah, he's tiny, he's on the B League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he's the best, but he's Gabriel's like, tiny. Sean Jackson's on the team. Oh Deshaun yeah, Jackson. Sean Jackson. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You know, five ten. Whatever they say, he's five ten. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I <laughs> he's five ten. I'm five ten. Randall Cobb. And I'm not. 
Randall, Randall Cobb's uh, 5'10", I believe. Yeah, I mean, uh, Antonio Brown's right there. Uh, to, to short, now, short. now let's put that team up against the all team of six foot three and over. Well, what we'll do is you'll have uh, <laughs> o- you'll have Osweiler be the quarterback for the short guys, Osweiler? and we'll, and then we'll have and we'll have the, the quarterback. We'll, we'll have the small dude for all the tall dudes. No, no, no. We want, we want, we want Napoleon's to have their to have their day. So you know. Yeah. Well, now one thing I'll say about the um, the wide receiver crew, and I think we should move on for the Eagles. Is you guys are right? Obviously, the connections there are great. Higher, uh, you know. He's, they both had great games this week, but Macklin's still getting the targets. He's got he got eleven targets last week, and you know he almost had he had nine catches. So I agree with you, Valverde. Where on the on the PPR side of things, uh, he's still going to get his due. So it sounds to me like both these guys are pretty much must start. You know, they're pretty much must starts unless you have a ridiculous fleet of top tier at the end of the season wide receivers. I agree, man. And Matthews, I don't want to take anything away from the whole situation, throwing size and everything into it. Matthews is awesome. Yeah. That guy is re- really good. He has a great career ahead of him. He's made some boneheaded mistakes, sure. He has his drops that he's going to work on, but he is a really good receiver that's got a bright, bright future. And he finally looks comfortable in the offense before he looked lost in his routes. Last right. thing about the Eagles. Yep. Uh, the tight end situation. I think one of the biggest reasons why Zach Ertz has been phased out a little bit is because the offensive line has had so many problems with injuries. And Selleck is by far, by far, one of the best blocker, blocking tight ends in the league. Uh, and of course, much better than Ertz. Is and he he's okay? In there he took constantly. a big shot. He took a big shot uh, last week. Uh, uh, Ooh, uh, Selleck. Selleck. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, he I, did. I, and I wasn't watching the rest of the game, so I didn't, you know, in and out. They didn't, yeah, they didn't I haven't heard that. anything about him, him being hurt or anything like that. I, I assume he's going to. And he's a guy that, yeah, he did in his hits. career, has taken a lot of big hits. And he has. He has, absolutely. But another reason why Ertz hasn't been used as much is because they do have three receivers. And they have been going with three wide receiver sets. Three wide receiver sets with it, with a Selleck in there. And you have your Sproles and or uh, a, 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 obviously, uh Sean, Sean, Jesus, I don't know why that's yeah. me. Uh, in there, there's no room for for Ertz to be working. So I, I listen. I'm not going to say that Selick is going to do better points wise, fantasy points wise, but it just means Ertz isn't going to play as much. Yeah. Ertz got 55 yards this week, but obviously he's not what he's not what any of us thought he was going. He he screamed a, a potential and opportunity uh, beckoning for him, and has has fallen flat on owner's face for him. Uh, let's move on to the next game. That's going to be the Lions are at the Patriots. Uh, you know, obviously start with the guy we mentioned earlier, Jonas Gray. He's going to be a, a number one waiver wire guy probably of the season. If so be it, they were to, uh, you know, if they're going to keep running the ball to him like that. And it's a game changer to have that kind of running back they can rely on because that team's so friggin' good. Uh, you, uh, What do you think, Valverde? On uh, on the you know just go with whatever you want to talk about Jonas Gray or whatnot on uh, on the Patriots. You know I like Jonas Gray. They're going to rely on him pretty heavily, I think, just because of the fact that Shane Shane Vereen is is mostly used in the passing situations. He's going to be the one that's kind of catch the ball, where Jonas Gray is going to be the one that's going to be in between the twenties and especially down in the goal line where the Patriots like to run the ball when they get pretty cl- up up against that goal line area. So, you know, I, I just think that Gray is going to put in quite a bit. I mean, you can't, obviously you can't expect him to score four touchdowns per game, but for, you know, one or two maybe, you know, that that's pretty pretty reasonable, especially with that the way that Patriots offense is rolling. So 
I don't I don't see a problem with starting uh, Gray unless you have you know two two first round backs or something to that effect where they're going to outproduce him. But you know for a flex, I mean, there's got to be some kind of room for him. So yeah, I would I would definitely go with Gray. Thirty seven carries, two hundred one yards. They just updated him two yards. Uh, right. They for, took away a carry and they gave him another another two yards. They gave him two yards. They gave him two still, yards. Still it was at 38 for 199 what I saw. But here's what I'll just say. Oh, yes, man. It just uh, I'm off the pro football right now. So anyway, by the way, a nice assessment there. Fast. What do you got? Oh, oh no! <laughs> I drink to that. Uh, what I was just gonna say is that you, you just. This was one of those weird games where Belichick decided to go this one out. And he saw something. He fed him 38, 37, 38. Can I don't ever... see it as being weird at all. Here's the thing. I am actually disappointed in myself for not seeing it in the first place. What's the best way to beat somebody like Andrew Luck? Keep him off the field. Keep him off the field. What's the best way to beat a, a bad defensive line? Run the shit out of it. Right. That's exactly what he did. I don't know why everybody didn't see it, to be quite honest. Everybody thought this was going to be some sort of big shootout. It's Bill Belichick. He's smarter than everybody else. Yeah. Plain and simple. He, he takes, away what, yeah, he takes away what you do best. He takes away what you do best, and he beats you at what you do worst. Correct. Period. Right. And that's the plain and simple fact of the matter. Everybody should have seen it coming. And I don't know why I didn't see it. I don't know why everybody didn't see it. It was like, oh, Andrew Luck's just been so great, and Tom Brady's been so great lately. So everybody's thinking this is going to be a quarterback battle. By far, not even close. It was going to be the Bill Belichick versus the rest of the world show. He's so smarter than So here's what's going to happen this week, though. He's also smart. They're playing against the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions are a good team at stopping running backs. Yes. They've struggled a little bit as of late. But at the same time, he now becomes the ultimate player that he can use for play-action pass. That game sets up... Things that, that Belichick and that McDaniels want to do in that offense for the next three to four games, that sets things up. And the fact that now also uh, the, the Patriots know that when they do get in the red zone, like Valverde said, as, as we all know, that they do. They like to run the ball a lot more. Now they know that they can trust him to carry the ball in those situations when you do it in that type of a pressure game on a, minor, on, on a Sunday night football. Was that right, Sunday night football on that one? Yeah. yeah. Sunday night football. Uh, on the road in, against a, a playoff contender. So there you go. Well, we, I don't think we need to talk about this uh, the, their, their offense too much. But obviously, Gronk's a friggin' beast. Uh, How about his dance? You like his dance with the tongue out on the sideline? I like anything that guy does, including the the I took him the bar. What he call? It, he said, "Yeah, I, I I knocked him out of the club." That big hit, the big block on the one dude. He's like, I, I threw him out of the club. Threw him out of the club. Threw him out Jesus. of the club. <laughs> he's, a, he's just a machine. Could you imagine what a what a wild man that guy is? We got. Uh, all right, so you got uh, Edelman, uh, you got LaFell, you got Amandola. Who knows? It just you never know where to go with 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 that spot with these guys. Um, it's it's and it, it, even when it, lately with Brady, it's not like anybody's really lighting it up all that much. So. Uh, even though the teams, other than Gronk, even though the, it, he's been great and the team, he just is able to spread it around so well and just get the thing. It's it's hard as an Edelman owner uh, and as playing against people I know that have felt. It's hard to pick the the right day for the right guy. I mean, don't you agree? I think that in a game like this, um, Detroit is very aggressive. Okay, and I think that that's what Belichick is going to take advantage of. 
He's going to take advantage of their uh, aggression. He might run some draws. He's going to run some uh, quick screens. He's going to run some, run some quick slants. I could see a lot of quick passing, um, accurate passing, which is what Brady does. And I could see Edelman, Edelman having a, a pretty good game. I could see Amendola actually be working worked in the mix. I could see worked in the mix. A two catches is worked in the mix, but yeah, and maybe two two or three catches out of, out of mm-hmm. Amendola. But he's going to have to do that. He uses his strengths against them. He uses their um, he uses their tendencies against them. Is what he does, and that that's what's going to happen against Detroit. They're an aggressive team, and he's going to use that against them in this one. I, I see a lot of short passes in this one. Not just short passes, but short play-action passes. Yeah, They've been killing people just with the quick play-action, the quick ball fake, and then get it out to that backside slant. You know, LaFell's you know, gotten lots of yards after catch on those. But my one thing this week, I want to know, is Blunt coming back to the Patriots? You know, it's been quick. But, I, you know, you've got an undrafted kind of rookie as your bell cow. And, you know, Bill Belichick had success with LeGarrette Paul last season. Do you think he's the guy he's going to bring back? He might. Well, they might bring him back just because it's a guy that they is familiar with their system and they don't have to worry about getting him up to speed on anything. And you can... Bell Verde! Oh, oh, no. I drink to that. So, but, but you know, that that's interesting at all. It could happen. I, I, I'm i not concerned about that. When I look at it, this matchup, though, is you also talk about my key takeaway. You, you say what Belichick does. This is a team in Detroit that just lost on the road in Arizona. Tough game. Now they're going all the way across country the other way to face the Patriots outdoors. This is a dome team. <clears throat> Hugh Jackson, I like Hugh Jackson as a head coach. I think that he's a, a very calming influence on them. But as I as, as I when I was doing my Tom Brady write up, it's contender versus pretender time, yeah. and I think you're going to realize at the end of this one who the real contenders are and who the pretenders is, and it's going to be clear probably by a good margin of, of, of at least two touchdowns. I'm thinking that that New England walks away with this one. Oh, I, I think it's more than two touchdowns. That's I, what I'm saying. I, I think, I think they crush them. It, you know, I mean, New England has put their stamp on the league. Basically, and, and Belichick put their stamp on the to league in the last few weeks. Um, it, they're going to crush Detroit. They're, they, they're crush averaging Detroit. over the last. They're just averaging. And every time I look, they're they have over forty points. Yeah, they're they're going to take away Calvin Johnson, and they're not worried about that running game. Joint Bell is not something you have to worry about. Reggie Bush is coming off an injury; he'll be back. Um, but it's it's not something you have to tremendously worry about. They have no tight ends really to speak of. That's anything to worry about. Golden Tate. Might have himself a good game. I'll, t- I'll tell you that. Uh, they'll, they'll double up on Calvin. They'll put Rivas on and maybe uh, throw a safety over on the other side. Tate has a good chance of having a pretty good game in this one. But that's all it's I all, it's, all, it's all contingent on Matt Stafford not doing what Stafford normally does in these type of games in the past, which is flounder in the first half and just, just flounder in the first half and flounder on the road. Yeah. He's not a good road quarterback. I think Jim Caldwell might get him ready for uh, you know getting it back together this weekend. Oh, I said who Jackson did that. Thank you. Yeah, I was Damn it! I was thinking about. I thinking, I, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about Golden Tate because he'll be facing Brandon Browner again. He really struggled against him in the Super Bowl. True. So I'm. I don't really know. If I own you know Stafford. I'm a little bit concerned. Oh, are you? True. Um, Thanks for that catch on me, by the way. Good. And also yeah, today, it's, it's uh, funny. Uh, Tate said that. Uh, 
he basically flat out said the Seahawks are missing me and Harvin. You know, they're just like they they they, they made a mistake thinking that they could keep doing what they're doing without two guys like us. No let's up, let's move on to the next game. And he's right, a stranger. Magic Johnson, Magic comes out yesterday and tweets that he's uh, sees all these similarities between Larry Bird. We got our NBA reference in and Aaron Rodgers. So uh, he's basically like, I see similarities in these guys. They're both winners. They make it look easy, blah, blah, blah. Pretty interesting. But this guy, Rogers, is just, uh, it's almost, it is almost unfair how, how effortless the whole deal looks for him. Um, is he, he's, is, you came out with that strength of schedule. We'll mention that quickly as a prior promo. Dogmatica did a strength of schedule that I put up on the site today. That is the, uh, for the rest of the season, breaks down each position, breaks it down uh, for the rest of the season, and also through the playoffs. Pretty, pretty cool stuff um, to see, you know, guys moving forward for the rest of their games. Who's going up against some buzzsaw defenses and who have some cakewalks. But uh, is, is Rodgers just going to keep this party rolling? He will definitely keep the party <laughs> rolling. Um, they have one of the easier schedules going up the rest of the year, especially in the fantasy playoffs for you guys. Uh, 14 through 16 is going to be uh, a real dandy for y'all. Uh, if you got Jordy Nelson, you got Randall Cobb, uh, even Devonta Adams, uh, you're going to be real happy uh, going with any of those Packers go, going to the playoffs there. But Rodgers just set a record, I believe, for the most consecutive passes at home without an interception. Uh, t- 288 or something like that, which is just absolutely insane. I think Brady had it before. He got it a couple years ago, right? Yeah, something like that. I think it was Brady, actually, before. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's insane what he's doing. And it, it's strange because, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't put up those, those crazy numbers like, you know, Manning did last year or like Brady did years ago or like Breeze has been doing here and there. But... You can, I mean, you watch him play. He's he's the best player easily he, he, he's, on the field every time he walks out there. He's dominating the game, and on top of it, what he's done is he, what he does is he takes out the other team from what their game is, which has then caused them to turn the ball over to the Green Bay defense, who has been so opportunistic over this uh, current little stretch that they're on as well. Uh, of just taking the, you know, and, and scoring. So Julius Peppers is looking like uh, an amazing linebacker. Seventh <laughs> touchdown of his career last week, by the way. <laughs> what a what an animal. That's yeah, awesome. That's crazy. He's been able to do that, I mean, after he's been let go by a couple teams thinking that he was done. You're, you're not. So you're, you're awesome still. They're playing Minnesota this week. Now, remember when they played Minnesota last week, uh, last time, last time early in the year was on a, a Thursday night game, right? Yep. Uh, and, uh, it was a horrible weather. They get together. That game got out of hand so early that it was the worst passing game of the season for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, 160 something yards and three touchdowns in the first like four minutes of the game. Right. <laughs> and think about that too. It's ridiculous. So he got pulled from last last week's game too. He, he had 341 yards and three touchdowns. He had the six touchdowns a week before. Got pulled from that game. It's it's smart. It's, yeah. To be honest, it's smart. There are teams like the Patriots. Or, or, or like um, Denver or somebody like that, will we'll run the score up and keep going, keep going, which is annoying, to be quite honest. <laughs> some teams do it, some teams don't. The Packers will actually pull Rodgers out. They pulled Jordy Nelson out. Cobb ended up getting a, a, a touchdown the end there, but Nelson was sitting there on the sideline with his jacket on, and he's like, dude, nice job. The worst for me, that, though. That, that's awesome. 
fucker. The worst yeah. call <laughs> for me in FanDuel, I, I had uh, Devontae Adams who had the touchdown, you know, because again, either he gets you 70 yards or he gets you 20 yards and a touchdown. Yep. He got the touchdown this week. Yep. Uh, they pulled him too. Yeah, they did. I go, let him get some work for crying out loud. Why, why is Cobb probably the most injury prone guy of them all, Val Verde? Why, why is Cobb in the game and and what what do you uh, what do you like about the, the, them moving forward? And feel free to buzzsaw over to the other side with the Vikings. Um, you, they're just they're just so talented, especially at the wide receiver position. I mean, Devonte Adams could probably be a number two almost on any team. You talking about like the Raiders? He probably could be even a number one. And the fact that you add in a slot receiver like Cobb, and then you have on the other wing you have Jordy Nelson, they're just making it look so easy for them. And then Lacey is finally starting to get it going too. I mean, he's just looking like he's just running over everybody. The way he he got in the end zone against the Eagles last week was was just you know total beast mode, running over everybody that that was in his way. And I don't know how much weight he's put on, but my God, he looks huge. It's <laughs> that so training camp photo all over again. Yeah, oh, my God. I, the people said he looked like he was 300 pounds. He might be. That's pretty <laughs> honest, Paul. Well, it, it says, isn't he better running back when he's got some beef on him? He sh- hey, it, it's, it proves in the pudding, and there's a lot of pudding out there right now. <laughs> I, I thought there was a shortage of pudding because he ate it all. Yeah, <laughs> well, it depends on how you look at it. But go on, Valverde. He's like he's hibernating for winter or something. I don't know. <laughs> Holy crap! Um, and so you know, I just I just really love the way they're they're working their offense and like like you guys were saying, the defense is is you know coming up big, which they usually do. They they they've been pretty much known for the last few years as as a defense that's going to force turnovers and, and get that job done, even though they can probably get gashed in the run and pass, but they do turn over uh, make the offense turn over the ball quite a bit. So. They're, you know, they they just look like they're in a league by themselves, and at this point, they got to be probably the the number one team or pretty close. I mean, you got Arizona there, but they're definitely one well. In fantasy, it's a no brainer. I mean, they're they're. I guess I guess you got a close second with Denver, but uh, and New England is up there, but and now obviously Pittsburgh's been doing great in fantasy as well. But uh, what do you guys think? Let's move this over to the Vikings. I was at the game on on Sunday. Watch against the Vikings, a guy that a question that we got a lot and uh, mentions a lot is, what's up, Kyle Rudolph's back from his hernia injury. I think we kind of cited that, hey, you know, he's just they're not going to just throw him into the into the mix. He's going to be slowly gauged back, and there you go. He only played 17 snaps. Uh, I he was running fine out there when he's playing, but they're just not aren't going to throw him uh, full into the into the fire running. And not only that, their offense is not consistent enough yet that you can feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. He needs to get more work in with Teddy Bridgewater. Um, and, and this is a game where, you know, it's going to be called garbage yards for anything that happens for the uh, for the offense uh, of Minnesota because it's going to be kind of similar to the last game. And, and it's with, especially with the epic role that Green Bay is on right now, you know, even like you were saying you were at the, the game where Minnesota played the Bears last week, Jerick McKinnon was off to a great start on that first drive of the game. He only finishes with eight carries for 38 yards. They had to abandon the run because, you know, you start yeah. falling behind. 
And that's what's going to happen here. So that's the same thing that happened to them when they played the first time. I think he had seven carries for 24 yards because, again, they gave him carries on the first drive of the game, and then it, and then it goes away. You, you, you don't have it. So um, as far as Kyle Rudolph, you know, this is maybe you try to work him in. It also is going to depend on what's the weather going to be like because, again, these games are outdoors, and it's like, you know, this yeah. is one of those things if it's got a slick surface, and, and this is on that – TCF Bank Field it does not have a heated uh, under under surface because this is college field. So wow. when it ices over, it ices over. So this is maybe also one of those things that you got to consider. Until he's one hundred percent healthy, they if it's bad weather out there and, and cold, that they may uh, they may you know not not put him in harm's way. Here's the thing with Minnesota at this point: um, they are sure that they want to go with Bridgewater. They are sure that they want him to be their quarterback at least going into the future. But they're so afraid to use him at this point that they're overrunning the ball. They are not calling good uh, pass plays at all. They're they're calling short ones, easy ones that aren't working. They're they're just they're not opening up their game plan at all. Well, but, but, but wouldn't you also say because it, 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 there's a combination of things. He holds on to the ball a little bit too long, like any rookie will. Yeah. But he does not have the benefit of in anyone as a wide receiver for that team. That can just get open right away. You know, th- these well, guys can't I'll help. T- they don't help at all. They, they show all the replays, and they go, well, let's take a look and see what happened. Oh, that guy is covered. That guy is covered. <laughs> that guy is covered. And that, oh, he didn't have anybody to throw the ball to. You know why? It's because you're not using Cordero Patterson the fucking right way. Well, that may point. be true. You're trying to make him run uh, routes that somebody like a Greg Jennings would run. Somebody who's a precise older runner who can make great cuts and all that sort of stuff. Run that fucker. That guy is a big dude who is fast. Run him down the field, get Teddy Bridgewater's arm in gear, and throw the ball to him. Right, but you're like... Open up that offense. I'm telling you, slants, dude. That's all you have to do. Or posts or flags is pretty much all he should be running because he runs routes like Justin Hunter does uh, to open the game on Monday night. What Take a, some chances. What a disappointment. Basically, you know, Cordero Patterson is... Josh Gordon in terms of body type, speed, you know, precision route running. They're pretty similar players. Pretty similar players in how things work. You know, they might be one, two inches shorter, but, you know, they're kind of the same weight, height, speed profile. So I kind of use him in that kind of, you know, hey, go deep, you know, back, comeback routes, you know, deep 15-yard routes, you know, where you're going to get them, uh, you know, beyond that kind of corner. Because, it got fast. But we've seen that speed. Hasn't wasn't that always the knock on Bridgewater though, and maybe we're seeing it firsthand. He's young, he'll grow into this. I, I think he's gonna be a great quarterback. But it wasn't always the knock that he didn't have a great long ball and he doesn't was, have the arm strength. His, so it's kind of his skill, his, his worst asset is the thing that needs to happen for Corderell to be what he really can be. So it's kind of like it's it, it's kind of I, we told Square you so. Peg, wrong well, there's, yeah. there's kind of an opposite situation in going on right now in Pittsburgh. Martavis Bryant has opened up that offense because they send him long all yeah, the time. True. Send him, send him, and send they're him. not scared to throw it. Actually, and they're not scared to throw it. It's not just because you got to keep that defense honest, yeah. so they will throw it in once more. To be quite honest, he's fast enough and he's good enough to catch the ball. You know what? You got to do that in Minnesota to open up that shorter game. Antonio Bryant has been excelling like crazy. Yeah. 
I mean, he's awesome. He's been awesome all year. Don't get me wrong. But he's been excelling like crazy with Martavis Bryant in that lineup. You're not kidding, though, too, because as I've watched Minnesota play, they never take the shot. No, they don't. They never Ever. take the shot. And if they, they do, they took they one. Do, they did Jerry it. is right, though. But they got they had one in that Bears game, and they got I, I, Charles Johnson, I think. Charles Johnson. Charles Johnson, Johnson I think. Your guy, finally. I, he, my he, guy. Yeah, my guy. I, I, I love that. I was, sit, I was sitting next to some uh, some fans. I'm like, what do you guys think about this Johnson guy? And they're like, he, I mean, next year he might be the wide receiver, too. Yeah, but quarter out. Here's the one thing I'm going to say, and I'll let you guys. Uh, but let's let's kind of wrap this one up. But yeah. couldn't you see? I mean, remember how not amazing, but uh, the guy in the Raiders that was from Tennessee as well that started out with that uh, uh, number seventeen, Denarius Moore. He kind of had a great rookie season. Kind of came out of nowhere and did some good stuff, and then just disappeared. And it's obviously nowhere on anybody's fantasy radar. There is a possibility that Corderell might be all talent, no brains, and they just can't really figure it out and get it going. And we're, we're just going to be not really talking about him in two years. What do you think? Response to that? Yeah, well, I think that's absolutely a possibility because he might not be a game. Here's, what, happen, here's, football, what, here's also what happens to you in football. You get on the wrong team as a rookie, right? Yeah. Then, and, and that's the team where they're giving you the chance to be the number one wide receiver. Then you get a chance somewhere else. You're not getting a chance as a number one. You're most likely getting a chance as a number three, maybe a number four if you yeah. didn't su- succeed. At that point in time, you really need to be able to, to, to really work hard to get there. And the problem is that most of those guys who are at that level never had to work that hard in their life. And so they're pushed to the wall, and they allow them to get pushed out, a.k.a. David Terrell, who played here for the Bears that sucked. The trial report. I mean, we've got, you know, Cordero's kind of the guy. He, he went to JUCO out of high school because he, yeah. you know, had bad grades. Yeah. I, I did air quotes there, by the way. Sorry, guys. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, then he ended up in Tennessee one year, you know, came out after, you know, technically be a junior year. Uh, he's a raw prospect. I think we, we all drank the Kool-Aid a little too quickly on that one because he had those explosive runs. You know, they're not giving them those kind of same plays. They're not giving them the chance to run the ball anymore. So He's not getting that ball with a little bit of space uh, because what he does, we know, that kind of vertical running north-south while east-west, he's pretty impressive. Tough situation here. I mean, after all, you're nerds. You're nerds. <laughs> Here's the big difference between those two. The big difference is that, look, listen, they are both – Big-time playmakers, and they both can make it happen for teams. Cordero Patterson has shown that he is a playmaker. You get that ball in that guy's hands, he can make something happen. Daenerys Moore drops the ball. It hasn't been shown. He's small. He goes down. And Cordero Patterson has not shown that he's like a a guy who drops the ball, not somebody who can't be trusted as soon as you throw that ball to him. He's not a big dropper. He's he's got good hands. You just got to get the ball to him. I think it's the way that the offense is working right now. They're not using him correctly. I've been saying it all year. You got to use that guy correctly to have him work for you. They haven't done it all year yet. You made me laugh, T-Rex. Why? Denarius Moore. I forgot about We've talked about how he just would always dive before. before oh, it. yeah. He's terrible. Or but, always but make a slide and catch. Exactly. He came from the same school. Juco guy, exactly. Every catch uh, on his back. So, we were <laughs> killing it on that one. We were blazing through it. And then we added on 10 minutes about yes. Cordero Patterson. So, let's catch up a little bit on the next one with this game. Jaguars are going to be at... Uh, Lucas Oil playing against the Colts. Colts coming off a tough loss to New England. Where do you guys want to start? Stag party. 
you start, and then um, Valverde, you, you you pop in after Val uh, after Stag here. Let's see, Trent Richardson, start him. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, start him. Kobe Fleener, if Dwayne Allen's out, start him. Uh, Andrew Luck, I don't think you were gonna not start him, so start him. Uh, Reggie Wayne, start him. That's all I got. Okay, well, what about you? Thanks for your keen insight. I like it. You're amazing. Um, I'll, I'll ask you. I'll ask you, Val. What are your thoughts on obviously Ahmad Bradshaw? Surprise pick. Dog. He's been dogmatica had him four last week. He's a guy that was just like ready, ready to just do what he does and get some fantasy. He's probably just one of the golden childs. But what happens is what happens with him. He gets hurt. What's going to happen with the situation with Trent? Are they going to bring in another guy? Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on the indie running back situation now that Bradshaw's out for the year? Well, since I am a, a Colts fan. Um, this is true. You are. You're at, you guys are absolutely right about Bradshaw. It, it was just, you know, time. And he was having a great year. Just, you know, it's just one of those things where I don't know what he is, but he's definitely brittle. Um, I, I think that Richardson is is playing well, and he's it's not it's not him. It, it's offensive line is just crap. I mean, we're talking um, Chili's can't block. Harrison doesn't know when the snap count is. He, they're just they're just a mess, and a lot of that is is affected uh, by Richardson and the fact that he can't find holes because there's no holes there. So what are they going to do? Well, they're probably going to be looking at Tate, bringing Trent, bringing Tate or Blount in um, just to shore up that, that running back because the only person they have left is Boone Herring. Now, Boone's not a bad guy. He, he can definitely play. He can definitely catch the ball out of the backfield. He can do – he's fast. He, he's, he's pretty much the polar opposite of, of Trent Richardson. So they're, they're going to be uh, – they're going to like him, but he's, he's not an every-down back. He's smallish and – you can't just really take the pounding as an every down bat. I, I like the receivers against this game. Well, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, I, no. Being a fan of the team, knowing that this is a playoff caliber, let's be honest, they're a Super Bowl-level team. Do I think they're going to get there and can win it? Who knows? But it wouldn't shock anyone. If I, they think got, was, if, I think they're a Tier 2 now after last week. I, I don't disagree, but there's if they went on a run like Rodgers did they four years, five they years ago, they, they can do it. Um, it'll be tough. But who would you like to see um, them bring in at that running back out of who's available now that all of a sudden there's a couple guys that were toting the ball a lot uh, this year out on the wire? I, you know, I like Tate, even though he's pretty much like a Bradshaw where he's going to get probably get injured. But I, I think they really need someone that, that can deliver a lot of speed, that can be in every down back. And Tate sort of, you know, like like a Bradshaw, where even more so, he's going to be able to catch the ball at the backfield. He's going to be able to run at a full time position, and he's got more speed than Richardson does. So if if one of the two between Blount and and Tate, I'm going to take Tate. All right. Well, as usual, if we don't, you got you can go on India if you want. But as usual, if we don't cover a game enough for you, just trying to get through, and there's a lot of voices here, and we're trying to not keep this thing too long for you. You can always go to pyromaniac.com, check out uh, our player rankings. We've got uh, which are great player rankings for the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Dogmatic is on fire in the uh, fantasy pros through 11 weeks. He is number six. 
uh, out of 131, I believe, experts. So the guy knows what he's doing. Uh, didn't have your greatest hour this week, but it happens to the best of them. Um, you've been crushing it on that. Uh, so check that stuff out. We've got second opinions if you want to ask us a question uh, in the upper right of our site in the little yellow box. Ask us a question there. We'll get back to you within a day or two. And then also, obviously, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac. Help us join the discussion there. It's getting more and more people. It's been become really kind of a, a, a great vortex of fantasy lovers and, and people uh, asking questions and responding. And, and a great little community started there. Twitter works as well. Uh, just don't ask get too late, too too closely to when the games start. I'm tr- I'm starting to do a little bit better there, but ask us questions. So if we don't cover something there, we, there's other content coming out from the Pyro Brethren on uh, on all those other outlets, so we can hit stuff there. Uh, I mean, I'll give you my 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 quick two cents on this entire game uh, and on this Trent Richardson situation because I've actually gotten a lot of emails from from fans uh, that have asked trade advice now. Now that Ahmad Bradshaw is out. Should I be going after and take this trade where I'm getting Trevor to sit? I'm giving up, a, you know, myriad of different uh, options that I've been hearing. And my, my advice is if you're in need of a running back, no, I'm not selling out for Trent Richardson right now because he's not proven that he can do it. He's not going to give you any of these huge games. What has he done at all with, with his 3.4 yards per carry that makes you think that he's going to do anything? Now the fact that all of a sudden conveniently in the same time that, that Ahmad Bradshaw goes down, a Ben Tate and a LeGarrette Blunt get waived by teams? This is just so it's writing on the wall. It tells you they're going to – someone He's else – Jason Avant, by the way. Okay. <laughs> the greatest receiver in Philadelphia in history. So, you know, this just lets you know that there's someone else is going to be coming in there. He's, he's going to be getting the same amount of carries that he's normally getting. He's going to be doing the same amount of damage that he normally does. As far as Andrew Luck, Andrew Luck is coming off of – this was his worst performance last week against the Patriots – that he's had since week two, uh, the, where he, he always and, and he still scored twenty four point seven fantasy points. Yeah. By the way, so he, he, you know it's a good bet. It's a good bet. When he played against the Jaguars earlier in the season, he threw for three hundred and seventy yards and four touchdowns, no interceptions, thirty six fantasy points. Great game, but that was a different Jaguars defense that he's going to be facing this week because the Jaguars now, um, since their last meeting, have not allowed a, a three hundred yard passer since week four. So they're, they're showing up their, their self in that regard. But this is also one of those situations where what does Indianapolis do and what does Andrew Luck do right now? Because this is why they're a Tier 2 team is because they win the games they're supposed to win and they do it handily. But they have trouble when, they're, when, they're, when they need to step up to that next level. They get handled the same way that they handle other teams. So that's where, I, that's, that's where my piece is on, on these guys. All right. Um, in the wake of the Bradshaw injury, it's not Richardson I target. It's somebody like a Kobe Fleener that I target. It's somebody like a Dante Moncrief that I, that I target. The running game with Frank Richardson doesn't get better. No. The guy still, listen, if he gets four or five more carries a game, what does that give you? An extra well, that's goal 15 yards, much. 12 to 15 yards. That does nothing for you. What it does is it opens up more of a passing game. Andrew Luck's still going to be Andrew Luck, and they're going to pass even more. If you remember last year, once they decided the running game wasn't working so well with Trent Richardson, he passed even more and more. And that's what's just going to happen this year. 
It's going. They're going to pass more and more. Moncrief's going to get more into the situation. Kobe Fleener, especially with Dwayne Allen, well, especially uh, well, doing no, no, a little and, bit and, of a, an well, injury. He says that he's going to play next week. Yeah, Allen. Yeah. Okay. He yeah. says he, he is, says he is, but I, yeah. I th- against against Jacksonville in Indianapolis. No, I, yeah. I just don't see that. Happening. I don't see them rushing him back either, and that's why? also why I mentioned he, I put Kobe Fleener Good was point. in my uh, waiver wire for this week, and the point that I made is because. If you're still streaming, you know, or you're in a situation where you are hit by the one of the last bye weeks. Is this the last bye week, by the way, coming up? Yes, is this is it. So Week 12. Or if you're bye. hit by the last bye week. Bye. It's the Panthers and the Steelers. And I, said, yeah, and I, and I, I put Kobe in there. I said, he's a fantastic guy. you got to grab for a one-week fill. Because I agree with you. I, even if Dwayne Allen says he's going to play, I don't think that they play him. Or if they do, they only use him very sparingly as a, as a decoy. Fleener showed last week that he can be all that part of the offense. So, as far as long-term, I don't know that I like him for your fantasy playoffs because if Allen's back, Allen's really the guy that's more effective for Fleener. True, but like I said, they're going to need to pass the ball a little bit more. They're going to need to block a little bit more, Damn which me. means that Dwayne well, Allen doesn't really block real well. Dwayne Allen, no, Dwayne Allen is going to block a oh, little yeah. bit more, which and means Fleener goes, Fleener out, goes the out for you guys. Pass. You're right. Moving on to Jacksonville real quick. Um, Denard Robinson, I think, is actually a pretty good play in this game. Um, obviously, Indy can be beaten in the run, as we saw last week. He's not a bruiser, obviously, uh, Denard Robinson, but Indy can't seem to stop the run at all at this point. They're, well, he's on a not tear right now anyway. I yeah, mean, he's, just kidding, he, he's coming off of a bye after getting... Uh, 300 yard games in a row, right? Yeah, I... I yeah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, he's going to do well, no, it anyway. Was, uh, he, he got slowed down. He had uh, his last two games. He did not get a hundred yard games, but he had three touchdowns in his last two. Whatever games. the case, okay. Allen Robinson's out for the season, so we got Allen Hearns and Cecil Shorts starting for right. the time being until Cecil Shorts gets uh, hurt, again, hurt again. In which case, that Marquise Lee is, go- is going to eventually move into that starting lineup. I like a Marquise Lee for the rest of the year. If you're going to pick up a sneaky guy. Coming up soon, I do believe that Shorts will get injured again. The guy can't last more than three or four games in a row. He's had about two or three now. Yeah, but the well, other thing is going to happen in this one. I, I guarantee you, it's going to happen. But also realize too that this is a Jaguar team that is looking again, trying to figure out what their future is. Now they actually have real pieces. It's not Blaine Gabbert at quarterback. You got a real guy in Blake Bortles that you're going to figure you really can build yourself around. You got a guy that you know who was out for the year in Allen Robinson that you know is a legitimate player. You need to find out what you got in Marquise Lee right now. Absolutely. So I, I think he definitely does get a good look so that they know whether that, that this is a and thing that you so happens to or not. Indianapolis is pretty bad against tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who's coming back this week? Dun, 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 dun. Mercedes Lewis. You like that? I actually think I'm going to I actually think that Mercedes Lewis is a lot better of a player than people believe he is. Okay, first of all, he's gigantic, and he's an athletic freak. He he's a Mercedes. Run. He's a freaking Mercedes, dude. Why wouldn't you want a Mercedes in your garage? I would love that. Actually, I wouldn't. I would not like a Mercedes in my garage, but. I'll take it. On. Hey, I'll, I'll take it as my second <coughs> car. Oh, yeah. Man, I'll take it as my second car. Party. 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 Mercedes Blues isn't a bad stream this week if you're looking for a, a tight end out of nowhere. <laughs> what was play. his injury? I mean, he's been out since week one. Yeah, uh, they had to put him on the IR. He was out since week one. He's coming back this week. Um, I can't remember exactly what the injury was. I don't pay that much attention to the Mercedes. Probably his transmission. Well, let's move on to the next game. Check out any other <laughs> stuff. We got uh, the Bengals are going to be at the Texans. 
We start off with Watt Valverde. I'm going to go to you, buddy. Uh, Watt has another touchdown, as Staggs was uh, nice enough to say. But Valverde times two. Good stuff. Val, jeez Louise, man. That was stunk. That smell it must smell in your basement right now, buddy. Uh good stuff. That's awesome. Well we got um you know, we got as Stag Party mentioned, CJ Watts got uh or JJ, CJ. So many CJs, JJs, the JJ, PJ, uh this is not a Kardashian show. There's no Jerry. <laughs> um, but you, you mentioned Watts got more touchdowns on the season than uh, than uh, Lashawn McCoy. Pretty crazy. Um, all right, what do you guys think is going to happen? Uh, let's start with the Bengals. Uh, Valverde, you got any players going on this? You, you, you liking what you're seeing out of Hill? Give me a give me a little lowdown on what you're thinking could happen fantasy wise here. Yeah, definitely. I don't. Is is Giovanni back this week? They expect him to be practicing this week, but again, you know, from when we're recording here, uh, the bulk that we need to see, we're, we're going to need to follow later in the week. Okay, yeah, so, you know, I, I think that he'll, if, if Giovanni doesn't play, I think, it, you know, Hill's going to be full-time back, and he's going to pretty much tear apart that Texans defense. I, I definitely like Dalton and AJ when they're together. They're they're pretty pretty on top. They're pretty you know hot hot couple there. Um, <laughs> pretty 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 hot. Making hot man. <laughs> and you got Gresham who you know he's doing whatever he's doing. Um, but as far as the Texans, I like Ryan Mallett. He he's pretty. He looked pretty good out there. You know he didn't throw for very many yards, but. He definitely looking like he can get the ball better to DeAndre Hopkins and Andre Johnson than, than Fitzpatrick could ever do. So I really like that. And then um, as far as Arian Foster and Blue, the color is blue. Um, You're my boy. The pen is blue. What is that from? Liar, liar. Liar, liar. You guys are hilarious. The pen is You think uh, is Foster, is Foster definitely out? No, they don't know yet. So this is again, this is an interesting game where you got these injuries that Giovanni and Arian are both. We need to, We don't. We don't know at this point in time when we're recording this podcast. So there, there are situations to follow. The the fact is, though, I think for both of them right now, you have two rookies. From LSU behind them, (laughs) who are both doing extremely well. Jeremy Hill has just been great since Giovanni has gone down. And I think no matter what, because Giovanni went down with, it was a hip and a clavicle. So he had multiple injuries when he went out. So when he comes back, regardless, I don't care what happens. They're going to not give him an overworkload. They're going to they're gonna say, hey, we yeah. trust Jeremy Hill. We know he can even break big big plays and yeah. everything else. So look for them to really probably have a more of a shared workload. Arian Foster, Alfred Blue is more of the one where when Arian's healthy, they're going to go to Arian. And unless they're babying Arian or Arian gets nicked up, then Blue gets his chances. But the fact is, it'll be a shared workload in Cincinnati. It will not be a shared workload if Arian's back, in my opinion. But they 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 but know, they know some but yeah, yeah but they know he's earned some carries. That's exactly the way I put it. I mean, this is a typical contract situation if there is one. Arian's got a big contract. They they need to run Arian until there's no tread left on the tires. 
Facts are facts. Gio is still on the rookie contract. Uh, he's a young guy, you know. You know, both him and Hill are young guys, so they're going to think about the long haul as well as the short term. So this is typical contract situations here. I mean, it's not just you know this. So, you're saying, so what, what does that have to do with with uh, with? Unless you're talking that Houston is saying that they know that they're not going to sign Arian Foster, in which case that that, that's why Arian is going to get Tyler carries. Right, you give him 36 carries a game. You do what you need to do. You ride your high-paid guys, or else you're not running in an economic. But at the same time, if you if you're thinking about the playoffs, which I don't think that they are, that's the other point. If you're thinking about the playoffs, you don't ruin your horse for the playoffs. You do like what San Francisco's trying to do. We want Frank Gore to be healthy for the playoffs. They're 500. I don't think they've got... Maybe. I'm, I'm, hey, not, maybe. I'm, not, I'm not about this year. I'm talking about years past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how, how they've always thought about it. Because if you have that guy, you want him to be effective for you in January. I don't think the Texans are shooting for the playoffs. I think they're right. shooting... Two. How can they be right now? Well, they're only two games out of the playoff picture. Well, I understand that. But I'm saying, how can you be when you really... When you're bringing in Ryan Mallett as your quarterback, you just... There's just a lot of stuff going on with this team uh, that if it weren't for J.J. Watt, they wouldn't be where they are as a team. I'm not disagreeing with that. (laughs) Right, right. He's awesome. He's amazing. He's awesome. Let's uh, let's talk about the wide receiver crews for uh, Houston, maybe. Let's go there. Hopkins, eh, he's been good. He's He's been a lot of starting lineups, more than a couple seasons past. Uh, But obviously, you know, he had an okay game, four catches. Uh, eight targets and 80 yards this week. But Johnson's actually getting lots of targets. Well, that, and still, can't can't get, still can't get a touchdown. It's like dependent on it. But um, anything to speak of uh, with now that you say, you know, you got Milet now. Does this open up more? Do you like this wide, these wide receivers now that, that you got Milet? Yeah, he's got a cannon. I mean, they're at least going to stretch the field, take a few shots. I mean, O'Brien knows that they. O'Brien's a good offensive coach. He's a good offensive coordinator when he had to, you know, handle those positional duties. So, you know, they actually used Garrett Graham for once. Yeah. The, the most forgotten man in fantasy football this season. Yep. Uh, but he can, you know, stretch the field vertically. He can get it down the field. He can throw it down the seams, you know, which most teams are, you know, very susceptible to getting throws in. That may be, but they are still running the ball more than they throw the ball. So to think that Ryan right. Mal's going to give you fantasy points, he's not going to throw you for 300 yards. He's not going to throw you three touchdowns in the game. They still only really have two wide receivers there. Garrett Graham, yeah, they got him back involved. That's great. It's it's still nothing fantastic that I'm seeing there. And, again, that was against a, a Cleveland team that was coming off of their high, I guess, beating Cincinnati, thinking that they're all this, that, and the other thing. This is not like they beat any, any world beater. You know, now they'll play Cincinnati, so it's like remember that game was in Cleveland, and Cleveland can be gashed on the run, which they were. But again, but historically, still, but Mellon still had two touchdowns. Dog, you'll understand what I'm saying, here. Dog, you'll understand what I'm saying. Two eleven. At this point in time in the season, when you have teams, we I mentioned earlier, pretenders and contenders, right? Are you a contender or are you a pretender? The Browns have never proven that they are, are one yet, so they've never had to deal with any type of pressure. In those type of situations before, this was their first type of a situation where, all right, everyone's watching you now. Here you go. You got this game. And they blew it. Well, the fact is that Andre Johnson's going to be used more. Uh, Ryan well, I'll agree with that. Ryan Mount yeah. can use Andre Johnson a lot better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. You got nine targets this week. Exactly. Right. He's going to be used a lot better. And 
Listen, the guy has been elite for his whole career. He may not be a touchdown machine. Do I need to make another bet with you that Mallett will not throw for more than 250 yards or more, uh, or more than two touchdowns in this game either? No, we don't need to make no, any bets. No, not against it. No, not against it. Okay, thank you. My guy mentioned earlier, the little guy out of, out of Toledo or Tulsa, I forget which one, but Demarius Johnson. You forget uh, every week. I do. I, this, I haven't talked about him since the last – Time you were on the show, he hasn't been done anything. He hasn't needed to be talking about. Written on a piece of paper and it's hidden under your pillow. I think I think you bring love to Mary. I see you. I started thinking about that guy. I mean, our chapter will be open to people of all races and creeds and sexual orientation. Awesome, Lamar. Good times. All right, let's um. I think we can move on. Yeah, let's move on. We can, if you have any questions, bring, come back to us later. Jets, Bills, this one we're not talking about very long. Actually, I'm going to let you guys quickly go around and say a little piece. I'll say, I'll say my piece. Okay. Get that nerve. Huh? I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's an alarm. <laughs> Dog man, give give me a little little thing. I, I bet I'm sorry. Don't this game's in New York, so I let's talk about it. Let's move it around and let's move on and get caught up. I Michael like Michael Vick. Last time these two teams played, actually came in in the middle of the game, played for a half, and had seventy yards, I think, on seven carries, something like that. I could see him doing something like that again. I could see him running a bit on this team. They're going to use Percy Harvin a little bit. I don't think they're going to try and run all that much. I think that they're going to try and use uh, Chris Ivory a bit and try and use Chris Johnson a little bit. I just don't see it happening all that much. Uh, That Buffalo defense is very good. They may have given up some rushing yards in the last, uh, you know, couple of games, few games, but I don't see it happening all that much. I think they're going to bunch up against the run and try and force Vic to pass that ball. I don't see that happening all that much. I see Vic having a game on his legs. I see him running for at least 50 yards in this game, which will give you those fantasy points. He'll throw for about 180 to 210, maybe at most, and have a touchdown. That, that's what I see out of Vic, and that's what I see out of this Jets offense. When it comes to Buffalo, they're not going to be able to run either, and they don't have much of a running game. I think Fred Jackson will be back, but I don't think he'll be able to have very many lanes, and he's a little, even though he is still a very good running back at this point, He's not fast. He doesn't have breakaway speed. He doesn't have any sort of breakaway around the edges or anything like that. He's a, he's elusive in um, in the mind is what he is. He's actually a very heady running back. Um, he'll maybe get a few passes, and he'll take him for some yards. Uh, but I see Kyle Orton actually having a very good game in this one. I see uh, Watkins coming back and having a very good game in this one. I see Woods having a good game, and especially... Uh, the the no name um, that uh, that had seven catches. Evan Hogan. Yeah, Hogan had seven catches for seventy something yards or nine, you know, whatever. Seven for seventy four on nine targets. Seventy four something like that. Hogan. Uh, that kid's pretty freaking good. And you know what? He's white. A former lacrosse player. Really? This is white. Football player. This has like, Revenge of the Nerds written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> a former lacrosse and, and player. And it's Chris Hogan, not, not Kevin. Chris Hogan. That's yeah, you say Kevin. 
That's cool. But they're all named Kevin if they're white, pretty much, aren't they? I'm, I'm a swim thing in a Hulk Hogan. Once you mastered aerodynamics and you designed the javelin to go along with Lamar's one twisted throwing style. Go ahead, Chris Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I think we should move on from this one. You got anything to say on this game? I, I got one thing to say. Okay. One thing I'll say is that you know, if you're if you're looking at it and saying, well, the Bills are really good against the the, the run, uh, you know, and again, over the last four weeks, they're averaging giving up 146 yards a game on the ground. They did not allow in their first six games anyone over 86 yards a game. That was their high water mark. Okay, so this is a defense that has been struggling as of late. You're right about Kyle Orton, too. The last time that he faced the Jets, this was the game that he completed 10 passes, four of which were for touchdowns. There you go. Now, you're talking about, in these last handful of games, you're talking about Jamal Charles going for 98 yards. Lamar Miller had 86 yards. Very fast runner, obviously, and had a, had a pretty darn good game. Uh, Jared McKinnon was kind of a, an oddity, having 103 yards on 19 carries. But I think you he had one. Huh? You don't say that. Don't yeah. talk bad about Jarek. No, the, the, fact I mean, is, though, I mean, the fact is that it's happened four weeks in a row. Listen, they did play the Jets right. back in week eight. And Vic did Chris mostly, Ivory I know, only had Vic, 43 yards. I know, and Chris Johnson had three carries for seven yards. It was Vic who did the damage in that game. But yes. the fact of the matter was, that's the game that started them on this path of giving up yards on the ground. They weren't doing it before. So sure. I'm just looking at the microcosm. And the microcosm says... This being kind of a repeat of what just happened on Thursday night. In the Buffalo Miami game, I don't see. I mean, yeah, it's one one ball carry may have some yardage, like uh, Lamar Miller had with eighty six yards on fifteen carries. I, 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 right. The fact Most that you have a running quarter, the fact carry. that you have a running quarterback adds to it in this one. I'm not buying on Chris Johnson. I'm not buying on Chris Ivory in this game. But I could the see Bills, Ivory maybe right. having punching in a touchdown. Well, yes. like he did uh, five weeks ago against them for sure. But I, think, I see Vic giving half of the rushing yardage in this game. Yes. Scott Chandler could have a nice game. That's a possibility because, yeah, the Jets are pretty darn bad against the uh, tight ends. Valverde, anything you want to mention about the uh, fantasy uh, gooiness of, of this matchup? You got Jets or Bills? Uh, no, just basically who's going to turn the ball over more, either Michael Vick or Geno uh, Smith, <laughs> because by the time – Michael Vick runs out of the pocket and fumbles it four times before he gets, you know, five yards. It's going to be Geno Smith coming in and throwing interceptions all game long. So maybe they'll have to go back to uh, Craigslist and find a quarterback. Sounds like I should pick up the I'm uh, writing my application. Yeah, why not? I know one person on the Jet, in the Jets locker room that's on Craigslist looking for women that like to get their toes sucked. And that's the coach. And he's going to have a lot of free time on his hands uh, after this season. Uh, and that's Coach Ryan. Maybe I'm going to miss him. Defensive coordinator. Bullshit. I want Bush. Hand down. Yes. He, no, he doesn't. He wants, he he, he wants he, toes. He pans up it. from the toes to the Bush. Pan down. No, pan down. Keep pan down. Toes. Yeah, toes. toes. Down, pan, pan, pan down lower. Pan, pan down, down lower. lower. Pan over to the next game. Pan, pan down to the next game where I'm like a Bush used to play. Chicago. <laughs> And where an old yeah, lovely Smith down. used to come. Down, it's a bush. We're, I'm going to the game. Who needs going? You gave me some great news after. I mean, guys, just so you know, listen to this. We're in Chicago. It is bitter cold out there. It's 15 degrees. We can't have the heat on in this room because you can hear it in the vents. And it was blazing before we pressed record. It's already cold in here. 
Is that anyone? I, I, I guess I'm wearing a lighter outfit. My, I, I my hands have been in my I got, We've all got our. Yeah, this when is I true. was a fucking teenager. This is true. We got our hats on. It's like, good, good I didn't Lord. I didn't memo about the beanies, so I'm a little cold over here. But yeah. It is what it is. Jesus. Why do we live here? You and the other girls in the locker room now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. I'll take it. I, it me. Bitching about the locker room. If there's a heater, on there. <laughs> <laughs> there's no heater in this locker room. Uh, Get okay. your skirt on, but let's go. Oh, good stuff. Good response. <laughs> all right, Buccaneers. All right, Soldier Field. Lovey Smith, welcome home. Welcome home. What's gonna happen? Obviously, you had um, uh, the the youngster Evans had his breakout game, had his explosion factor game. Had his third. He's had his, <laughs> his second or third yeah, explosion third, breakout yeah. game. Come Jesus, on. yeah, he's he's been pretty friggin' amazing. And you called it. How many yards does he have now? We get, let's look at this. You guys talk about fantasy. I want to see what that guy's season's looking like. Go ahead. You're talking about. I'll, I'll give you the numbers in a second. Go ahead. What? Anything? He's he has uh, seven touchdowns, 794 yards on. 46 catches. Good God. Am I the only people who... By the way, they played nine games. Twenty Over the last three games, it's 21 catches. Let me try to do my math quick. 453 yards with six... Four. Five touchdowns. Five touchdowns, yeah. Oh, God. It's been That's good. three games. Pretty, pretty good. That's better than the Carl Pickens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a. I'm, trying to stay in your I'm, more, I'm more of a Michael Johnson kind of guy, but Real I know who you Josh like. Gordon did in that yes. game stretch last year. Real close, yeah. To Josh Gordon, yeah, yeah. pretty close. Awesome. So uh, and close. Demarius's three game stretch he had going earlier this yeah. year too. And T. Y. Hilton. I mean, there's been a lot. Of, this is the new thing, everyone. People out there listening. Three game stretches. No, no. Sit Evans. Three game no, stretches. They're <laughs> wide receivers. Not this week. That wide receivers <laughs> week, are giving you points on a weekly basis, where it used to only be running backs who could give you these points on a weekly basis. So when we've done our, our thing that we talked about in the offseason about how much the, the going wide receiver, wide receiver is not a mistake because of the gap being closed, this is your proof in the pudding. These type of games where you, you're, you're be, there's not a, a running back besides Jamal Charles that's giving you these weeks three weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah I mean, who's the safest player in fantasy football right now? Antonio Brown, right? Period. Period. Like, and then the no next question, and the next question. like three safest players of over the next over the next ten, seven of them are wide receivers. I yes. agree. I agree. All right, what's gonna what, what else is gonna happen? Uh, talk to me about the running back situation for the Buccaneers. Uh, Rainy Sims. The Sims will get Sims is gonna get more carries. Uh, they're not gonna completely phase out Rainy. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, Sims is still a rookie. He's just two games in. Um, it was going the way of Sims early. And he hasn't been fantastic since he's come in. No, and then there was no, yeah, no, obviously. I mean, there was no, like, a light turning on. Oh, my God, this is the man. No, I mean, he, it was 36 yards on, like, 13 carries. And I'm like, yeah. It was nothing impressive at all. Uh, but they want him to be the man eventually. They want somebody else beside that being rainy or Charles, Charles Sims is our running back. Uh, Charles, <laughs> Charles Sims is our running back. <laughs> you still, well, you still do a good lobby since it, with him being away. The fact of the matter is that they have the wide receivers to be able to spread out that defense. And if you give some Charles Sims some room, the kid's quick. The guy can make plays happen. And, and I, I see him taking some sort of command here in, in this offense. 
Um, I, I, I mean, do I see them doing a whole hell of a lot against the Bears? But the Bears defense isn't playing terrible right now. They're actually playing a lot better against the run than you would think. But um, I do see Sims taking a, more of a, a prominent role in this one. I said the Bears defense playing good all of a sudden. One game against Minnesota doesn't mean you're playing good all of a sudden. Yet, as a Bear fan, I will say this because the Bears are going to beat Tampa Bay this week. You think it's, so? I think so because it's one of those things that as a Bear fan, I I my level of just pissed offness and just disinterest with what the Bears are doing right now, and and how much they just dig the the dagger into your heart and twist and turn and twist and turn because that win last week against Minnesota just moved us from the eighth spot drafting to the eleventh spot. The win that we get this week will move us from the 11th spot to the 17th spot. And Ugh. it really doesn't matter because we're still going to do a bad choice with whatever we get. <laughs> but the fact is that whenever we need to do something that will actually help us in the long run, we shoot ourselves in the foot and do everything because we can beat the really bad teams That's in the NFL. That's it. That's it right there. The reason why I agree with you that they're going to beat the Bucks, of course they are. They're not scared of the Buccaneers. They're a shit team. Overall, and and that's who the Bears feed on. They've got a good, enough offensive weaponry and enough talent on that team to beat the the teams they're not scared of. Any team that's even got remotely a solid coaching staff, talent there, and they always are going to get smoked. And Otherwise, it took it even took them with a first year coach in Mike Zimmer and a rookie quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater an interception in the end zone in the end of the fourth quarter in order for them to save that win last week. Oh. Yeah, I mean, and they beat a bad team. They're going to beat another bad team this week for their second home win of the year. Mike Evans is still going to have another 100-yard game, and he's going to have at least... I think he has two touchdowns in this game. Good grief. It can, it, 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 yeah, maybe. Let's talk about the Bears. Um, the Bears will score 31. They'll, they'll win 31-14. to 14. Those will be the two scorers for... For Tampa, is how I start. I like it, 31-14, 31-17, 31 You know, somewhere in that range. The Bears should win this one handily. I mean, all guys should be involved. Forte, hopefully, unless Trustman forgot since last week, that Forte should be the main cog in the offense. Yeah, um, he looks great. Yeah. He, but everyone, hey, everyone's he getting it. it shouldn't, shouldn't everyone be up to play against Lovey Smith? I mean, I'm sorry. Even if... You were a lovey guy. You, you, you want to show your old coach that you're still a good player. So absolutely, hey, the, the Tampa Bay's given up the fourth most touchdowns to running backs through the air, which is something that Forte can do very well. So I, I see that happening. <laughs> <That's just laughs> nice, nice. You're pretty good. You must be a nerd. <laughs> All right. Nerd. I, we'll I think on. I have a flush. What the fuck is a flush? Flush. Oh well, see, I got two sevens, and two sevens beats a flush. <laughs> um, I think that's the third time we've heard this one, isn't it? I, like I don't it. know, but I'm going to use that against you next time. Good, good, good. Uh, all right, let's go on to the late games. And Cardinals are at the Seahawks. Seahawks offense, um, you know, they, they, they're, they're getting by. <laughs> first, um, all, first afternoon game, by the way. Yeah, I said that. Um, but you got, what's going on with... with um, by the way, four afternoon games, by the way, thank God. Yes, four, thank God. With uh, the Seahawks not getting it done necessarily, not enough weapons at wide receiver, Uh, you know, obviously Beast Mode's doing his thing, but he didn't get in the end zone this week. No, he he didn't get in the end zone. Did he have 100 or just the high 90s? He did, no, he had had his second 100-yard game uh, in a row, but kept out of the end zone after his four-touchdown week. They're going to need to lean on him. They need him... 
because they don't have those other. Because Golden Tate's right, they are not the same team without him and without Percy Harvin. You need someone that makes defenses get scared. No defense gets scared when they look at Doug Baldwin, Luke Wilson, Jermaine Curse. They're not getting scared. Paul Richardson, go ahead. Yeah. What are you going to do? So you need to lean on Richardson. And, and again, that's what they're going to have to do here. But the problem is, it's the, one of the best teams in the league at stopping running backs. So um, I, 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 this is one of those, you know, you talk about uh, immovable force uh, or the immovable object and, the, and an unstoppable force. This is where they kind of come to collide here. And, and I, the way I look at it is it, it's, it's tough going to be tough for Marshawn because the, you, uh, the, the Arizona's limiting teams are 13 fantasy points per week, and they have yet, not yet, on the season, allowed a 100-yard rusher. Two games against the Cardinals last season, Lynch had 162 yards, one touchdown. Did not have 100 yards in either game. Go for it, Stag Party. Definitely. I mean, uh, Russell Wilson's one of, of the top ten quarterbacks. He is the only one without a legitimate threat at wide receiver. That's just what it comes down to. I mean, he has no number one target. The top five guys right now, Andrew Luck, you know, he's got T.Y. Aaron Rodgers, he's got Jordy Ann Cobb. Peyton Manning's got Demarius. Roethlisberger has Antonio Brown. These guys all have great weapons. You're going to tell me Doug Baldwin's a number one receiver? Get that out of here. <laughs> well, I mean, the fact of the matter is that... I, uh, Russell Wilson has thrown for over 200 yards four times out of 10 games. That's it. Four times out of 10 games. He's rushed for over 100 yards three times. It depends on his on his legs. If he can run that ball, which, you know what, he's not going to be able to do very well against Arizona, I don't see him having all that great of a game. They're going to have to run that ball. If if uh, Marshawn Lynch can bust through that line a little bit, they may be able to win. This is going to be a very tough game for I Seattle. I think they might man. win it, but it, again, only because it's at home. And it's not going to be pretty. Uh, this is one of those ones I can see being like a 13-9 a to 9, Hey, you they know, lost a field goal fiesta type game. Who they lose? To, who have they lost to at home so far this year? Miami, Dallas, a team that can run the ball yeah. a little bit. And then last season, who they lose to at home? Or yeah, but season before that, Arizona. Arizona. Yeah, but but at the same time, you're talking yeah. about you're talking about Dallas, a team that can run the ball. Arizona does not run the ball, and Andre Ellington has not run the ball very well over the last few weeks. Let talk, hey Valverde, give us a little of your thoughts on Arizona side of the ball, whether it's uh, Ellington or wherever you want to take it. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that that Drew Stanton is is worth anything. So that's going to definitely affect the wide receivers there. So the main guy is Andre Ellington, and you. Stan's probably going to use a lot of drop-off passes to him. He's he's probably only going to get like 12 carries, 15 carries, rush for about 60 yards, and then have eight receptions and probably a touchdown in there with, with those receptions. As far as the Seattle Seahawks and their team, besides Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson, I think the, the movie Major League sums it up when they were looking over the roster for the made-up guys and the guy turns to the one and says, who the fuck are these guys? I think that pretty much sums up the Seattle Seahawks roster. Pretty much. It, what it, it actually does. You know, and, and or as they said later on, they're still shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know what? It, you could call them the Moyakis at this point. Oh! 
Moliaki. Well, there's two guys. There's two guys in the room that I'm currently with that both sat finally for the first time all year. Finally, or I don't know if it's the first time, but sat. Michael, it was your first time. Was it your first? Yeah, first time. First time Floyd sitting. And he comes and has two TDs. Two ca- only two catches, two catches on the game, too. Two catches. Two I mean, TDs. He only had five targets. The one thing about Arizona, though, is, you know, Colin Kaepernick had a pretty nice game against them. Gained 54 yards on the ground, 13 carries. Also, you know, 245 and one touchdown. He was very balanced, uh, you know. So he had a nice fantasy game. Besides that, the only other person to have a nice fantasy game against Arizona at QB is, you know, Peyton Manning. Nick Foles did all right with, yeah. like, 462 <laughs> passing attempts. First, yeah. You know, it, it's it's not easy to play against this Arizona defense. They're playing a lot better right now. Uh, uh, Pelverday! Or Patrick. Oh, oh, no. I'd link to that. Patterson is is playing a lot better at this point. But here's a question that I, I want to I want to pose to you because I'm an owner. And I have a question that I'm sure I'm not the only guy. I own Michael Floyd and John Brown. Okay, and I've been going with John Brown no matter what. And so this was my decision this last week. I I've, I've even played him and Floyd together because of what the potential was. But now I'm sitting here. If you're, I want someone to tell me what do I do on a weekly basis. As an owner of Malcolm, of, of Malcolm, Michael Floyd, is that uh, on the, I love it. How, you guys have got the D Rexism going. I do. I love it. But I'm, I'm just not, like I'm, I'm like, like the only guy. Who's not, I've probably messed a couple names up, but this is good times. I'm rubbing I'm going off on you guys. Do the right thing, my, 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 my Malcolm, Malcolm. No, I want Michael Floyd and John Brown. What do I do? I think you, I think Valverde said it perfectly. With Drew Stanton, you're you, you can't. I really, disagree though. I, you can't Drew, really they're trust not, they're any, not, any, I know, but you can't trust it. But they're not slowing down what they do as an offense. So the ball is still going to get thrown downfield. Drew Stanton threw for 300 yards last week. They're still going to hike the ball. I know. The vehicle to throw the pass still is throwing not the ball. It's, it's Bruce Arians, is, he's, he, he's still throwing it down there with him. So I don't think that it takes as much of a hit as Valverde is saying is what I'm saying. So what do I do, though, as a person who has both those guys? Figuring it out. Well, it sounds I'll, I'll like talk. you already you don't want to listen to what we, we think. No, I want to hear He wants to hear it, and I'll tell you exactly what's going on right now. Um, Andre Ellington is wearing down. All right, They are starting to give him a little bit less carries, and he's not, obviously, as, they've, as he's shown and as everybody knows, he's not getting a lot of yards per carry. Yeah. They're going to have to pass the ball a little bit more. And Michael Floyd's going to get some more targets. He's going to actually be playable. From here on out, they're going to have to throw to him a little bit more. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald just got a little bit dinged up. So, I mean, listen, he's not hurt, hurt to the point where he's not going to play. He's going to play, but Michael Floyd's going to be used. The guy is just because he he hasn't been used doesn't mean he's not good. He's great. That guy is an awesome receiver. I know this. I know what his talent is, but I'm saying now, in the system right now, the way things are going, him, John Brown... Uh, this is a, now, I'll give it to you, too. It's a three-wide receiver with a flex. Do I play them both, or do I leave one uh, away? I mean, uh, One away. What do you think? I mean, I think Floyd, or not Floyd's the big issue, but Fitz is a big issue. Because it's not just a little injury. It's supposed to be a sprained MCL. You know, that's a you know a speed injury. That's an agility injury. Agility that, injury, that's a, not speed. That is a speed. skill injury, you know. 
When, when it's in the trenches, that doesn't affect guys so much. But a sprained MCL as a wide receiver is kind of a big deal for me. So I'm looking, I'm looking at Brown to step up. I'm looking at Floyd to step up a little bit. But I haven't seen enough from any of these guys to trust starting anybody on a weekly basis. You know, but you got to play matchups. You know, this matchup I'm going to avoid. I'm not going to... Yeah, it's not a great I'm matchup. I'm going to keep everybody out. It is. It's a tough matchup, and you're away. I mean, especially in in Seattle yeah. uh, with a, a quarterback, a backup quarterback in Stan, even though I love my Stan, being from Michigan State, uh, I don't trust it. Well, you know, the one thing that I'll build up on with what you were talking about on, with Ellington is Arians came out today and said, you know what? Him missing all these practices throughout the entire year because of the foot injury and because they have been resting him throughout the week have been, has been catching up to him. Up, there's a lot of workload. He's like, I think, fourth or fifth in carries this yeah. year for running back. I mean, he's remember preseason, you're like, he needs these catches to get there. It's not really the case. He's getting a ton of carries. But like you said, he's not getting much, doing much with them. But Arians is saying that He's the reason why he's not doing great is because he doesn't really know what he's supposed to do because he's not practicing. Yeah, fourth and he's fourth and carries. He's behind Demarco Murray, Lashawn McCoy, and Le'Veon Bell. I think that's a lot of coach speak going in there. You know, that's a lot, a lot of coach speak. But I mean, so what do you, you do? The reason? The what do you think the reason is that he's not Match-ups. doing so great? Matchups. They've played some great run defenses recently. I'll say this We said The the big question with him last year was Arian said that he believed that he could be An an every down back Now we're seeing him as an every down back And you know what he, he needs another compliment. There is no other compliment. No doubt. It's the same problem that Jarek McKinnon has. McKinnon would be better if he had another compliment. Not an Adrian Peterson who's a dominator, but a compliment. Hey, right. Stephon, Stephon Taylor just came back. Uh, Stephen Stephon just came back last <laughs> week. That's going to be worked into the mix a little bit. Nice. Good job, guys. All right. Let's go to the Ramad. And then that's against the, the Bolts. Uh, that's down in San Diego. What's going to happen uh, in this one? Uh, obviously, let's just start with the Rams. Britt has had his best game since uh, Sean Hill since invading a uh, a army post down in North Carolina and meeting a, a couple hot broads, uh, white ones. But uh, <laughs> oh, we're talking about the game on the field. I'm sorry, but he had his best football game in two three years. Amen to him. Got it going. Uh, is this going to keep going? Is he a pickup? Is this uh, another one that just, it's his game of the year, move on? I'll, I'll throw out first. Um, I don't think that it's something that, you know, it's something to be aware of because, again, they don't have, uh, uh, Brian Quick's not there anymore. Sean Hill came back. Again, we talk about what Mark Sanchez with Jordan Matthews. It's a certain quarterbacks, a certain receivers. Kenny Britt does it with Sean Hill. He didn't do it with Austin Pettis. He's the number one wide receiver on the team, but he came in. And most of this thing, though, here's why I say no, it doesn't go on for the, for the long haul. It all happened in the first half. And then all of a sudden, it is, you didn't see anything the rest of the game. They said, all right, no more Kenny Britt. And his, knee, his knees are actually working today. we got to cover this guy. Yeah, and, and, and you know they kept throwing in the ball, but he just no more catches after that. Austin Davis, not Austin Pass. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are all messing the shit. I've got like, Hugh Jackson. I've like, got Hugh Jackson for uh, for uh, for Caldwell. I got uh, man. I'm on fire today. Yeah, you are, for you're on fire tonight. Um, Austin Pettis for Austin Davis. This is a 
This is a, I'm going for the golden sombrero bitch slam for myself. One more and I got it. I like it. I like That's it. That's three. Blame it on the cold. Houdini is like shivering right now. Play that little uh, go into that the, the, the being a little pansy going to the women's room for yourself right now. I don't know what this world is coming to. See that man over there? We arrested him for mopery. What's mopery? Mopery is exposing yourself to a blind person. <laughs> you want to know something? You want to know something? You want to know something great? My, my oh, dad. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. I love it. I was, <laughs> there was a guy that taught at our school that got arrested for it. For mopery? Yes. But uh, I shit you not, when I was a kid, I was a panhandler for uh, one year for uh, Halloween. And my dad, I, I knew this word moper for since I was like a little kid. I was probably like, I was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a panhandler. And he's like, what are you? Are you a moper? I'm like, moper? What the? I, I thought it was like Mopar parts. I'm like, isn't that like Chevrolet's parts? He's like, no, it's when you expose yourself to a blind man. I'm like, Dad, I'm, I'm like in like sixth or seventh grade. Like, what the hell are you doing? I got watches in here. I got cigars. I'm wearing. I'm, he's like, ah, chip off the old block. Yeah, he's like, he's like, all right. He's like, I know now. He's gonna be going around exposing himself. Good boy. Good Speaking boy. of the dads, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take this for just a slight second. This is the 13th anniversary of my dad's passing. Today? Today. Sorry to hear that, man. That's uh, that's terrible. We uh, we, we, we all missed it. I lift my glass. We all missed it. And we look at glasses. Cheers to, to there Phil. You there you go. There you go, Phil. Yeah, we, right. we missed it, and we feel, we're feeling cheers, we're boy. feeling your sorrow, brother. Thanks, Phil Barry. We're feeling your sorrow. That's terrible, man. But let's uh, let's go back to uh, right. Rams, Rams and Chargers. About it. No repeat. This is not going to be a repeat of what they just did to the Broncos. That will not happen again. Um, Rivers and that uh, Chargers offense is too smart. They have not been working well lately. They're going to take this week to really ramp up what they used to do in the past. They have Ryan Matthews back. They're going to use him the way that they used him early in the year, the way they used him late last year. Um, it's going to be a ball control thing. They're going to do a lot of short passes, a lot of uh, a lot of ball control type stuff. I don't see St. Louis being able to do what they did to Denver last uh, last week. I have no idea how they did it, to be quite honest, but it's not going to happen again. Uh, uh, San Diego's going to score maybe 24 points and beat them 24 to 10. By the way, though, don't expect, though, Ryan Matthews to have a great game in this one. No, I wouldn't expect that either. Because uh, the one thing is the Rams, they may be, they're allowing 14.6 points to fan, uh, fantasy points to opposing running backs, but over the past three weeks, they've only given up 136 yards on the ground. Total. And... Yeah, total. total. Yeah, and total. With That's only, and over the last two weeks, 28 yards each game. Yes. Yeah. So... Wow. Don't yeah, expect that. The, the, yeah, that defensive but the, but front has been doing very well, but, but that's where Rivers excels. Right. Quick passes. And expect quick. them. And expect them. No, no, because expect them to still use the run, which is going to set up what, what's exactly what you're saying. They're not going to abandon the run, because that's the one thing that, that has killed San Diego as they've gone on this horrible downward spiral wow. lately. They need, and they won last week in a, in a grind-out game against Oakland. Why? Rivers, or, or uh, Matthews didn't have the best game in the world. He had 70 yards. But they gave him 19 carries, exactly. and they're going to do the same thing this time. And they don't care. He's going to get 19 to 20 carries, even if it only nets them 40, 50, 60 yards. That doesn't matter. They need to have the threat of the run to set up everything that you're talking about for Rivers in the past. And keep control of the ball. Correct. Period. 
Nice. Anything else to talk about? Uh, let's go to the wide receiver. Is there any way that good old uh, Allen can make a turnaround and, and salvage? He could. I mean, they're going to use the short pass. He's going to be used. Um, I, I, I mean, it could be one of those games where he has like nine catches for 63 yards. He's done that before. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's what I see. Got I see on. wide receiver screen after wide receiver screen. Lots of pass rush on the St. Louis side, especially recently. So you're yep. going to try and get it out of Rivers' hands real quick. Yep. Those bubble screens, those jet screens, those quick screens, the receivers, they're all going to be in the passing game. So, yeah, I definitely like seeing some of that. Lots of quick outs, lots of quick passing. And then, yeah, he's going to throw a 50-yard bomb to Malcolm Floyd somewhere in there. And, yeah, that's that's how the game's going to be. What about, the tight, exactly end? What about the tight end situation? So it's, Gates is always going to be the, the, the thing for him is that once they're in the red zone, that's where he's most effective. But they just he's not used as much as he was in, in previous years as being that guy in the middle of the field as a threat from the, in between the 20s where he's really getting – Big chunks of yards like he, he did five, six and years like ago. last year, he's slowing down. Right, he doesn't have the speed. The so where he makes his hay is is with his big butt and his big body boxing you out in the end zone to get the touchdown catches. If he doesn't get the touchdown catches, he's only getting you 40 yards a game or so. So he's yeah. not giving it you the big yards. It wouldn't shock me if he had something like four catches, no joke, for like 18 yards. In this game, I'm not kidding. That's about maybe two touchdowns. Though maybe St. Louis has, uh, has been awesome against tight ends for a, a bunch of years now, like four or five years running. They've been great against tight ends. I'm I don't sorry, see though. All the line. That ass, that ass can block any defender off for a touchdown catch. Absolutely, that is and, the uh, that is a. I'm sorry, I'm not gay, but that's a great offensive ass. Scream. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, anything to talk about on the Rams running back situation? Uh, Trey Mason. Holy yeah, cow. he's getting the time. He's getting the good. Well, he, he's a good runner. Yes. I waited for So, but this is the thing, though. But the fact of the matter is, and this is where all that goes out the window. Okay, that was exactly why he didn't see any. He wasn't activated until was it week seven, week eight, uh, and when he came in, he, he had his struggles and. This is why when you're, they're not contending right now. If they're a contending team, he probably is not seeing as much. But the fact that it is that there is also no one else in that backfield that has proven any competency or any game-breaking ability. And what this team is lacking right now is excitement. They need someone that can break plays. And Mason is one of the only guys because all you got to do is hand him the ball and he can, he can make something happen. So that's why he's getting the, the love. Now, luckily for Mason... San Diego is sixth fewest in sacks this year, so there's not a lot of uh, pass protection. There's one guy you got to worry about: it's Corey Legion, and that's about it. Yeah. So I mean, all right, I say we move on to the next game uh, and go to the Dolphins are going to be at Mile High playing the Broncos. How does this game go? Well, I'll, I'll tell you right now, um, it's going to go by the way of what happens with the injuries. If Julius Thomas. Happens to be okay with the ankle injury. He seems like he's going to be okay. I'm not sure about Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders with his concussion. If those two guys are playing, um, I think I I think they handle things okay. Miami is a good team. Miami is no slouch. They're not somebody that you can just walk over. uh, Obviously, but I think that uh, Denver takes care of business here. It's not going to be a tremendously high-scoring game. 
Um, I'd like to, I'd love to hear uh, Val Verde's take on this one. What you got, Val? You know the way the way the Miami Dolphins defense is playing is just they've the, between now and the first couple weeks has been pretty amazing. Yeah. You know the the running back situations for for the Broncos they only really have C.J. Anderson. So I mean they have Juwan, but he's not going to you know do much but spell probably C.J. So. I really like the fact that they're going to be able to stuff the run and then harass Peyton Manning. And then once Manning is harassed, then you know how he gets. He gets happy feet and um, pretty becomes pretty errant with, with his throws. So I, I really would not be surprised to see the Miami Dolphins beat the Broncos this week. Wow. Now, that's, that's saying a lot. I, I'm going to give it to you in, in the sense of I agree with you. The, the method and uh, to beating Peyton Manning – and the Broncos is crazy pressure. And you've got to have a guy. Like last week, who was the guy giving all the pressure? It was two guys, really. But it was mainly Quinn, as it always is, yeah. and, and Aaron Donald up the middle. And who do the Dolphins have? Crazy guy on the outside on one end and Cameron Wake. And Oliver Vernon on the other end is also a, a pretty dang good pass rusher. So they bring it on both sides. They're going to need to bring that. I My thing is, is... Uh, Man, I look at this game, and it's like the Broncos have just been... Does Peyton Manning look older what over the last three weeks? Now, they've been on the road. So this is their first game coming home after three road games. Three this road is, games in a row. This is the weird scheduling that the NFL has done. There's been like, I don't know if it was, it was like a third of the teams had three road games in a row, followed by three home games. And look, we, we were talking about uh, Drew Brees and, and the Saints and their three home game stress, and they've lost two of them. So, go figure. Yeah. You know, is all I can say. Well, I mean, it, it, it's it's bound to happen. But listen, Denver coming back home, you know they're going to be up for it. You know something is in the works here. Like I said, though, I mean, it's obviously a big point with possibly Emmanuel Sanders and possibly Julius Thomas being out of the lineup. And obviously now Monte Ball's hurt, and we all know that Ronnie Hellman's hurt. If those two guys are out, it's, this is a game. This is a it's up for it's it's an up in the grabs game, and I say it's, it's almost maybe could lean toward Miami only because of health. Because if you don't have all those other weapons, and as we mentioned, with if, if Cameron Wake is able to be harassing Peyton Manning, because he's not running away from anybody ever in his career, and especially not now at 37, 38 years old, whatever he is. So I will tell you, I'll tell you this. I'll say this: if John Fox is smart, he will play this as a ball control game. One of the reasons why teams do so well against Denver in terms of fantasy points is because Denver scores so damn quickly. And the other team has a chance to have the ball a lot. I hate to interrupt, but, but isn't it always been the case? Because they're running Peyton Manning's offense, right? That he ran in, in Indianapolis. Yeah. The same thing happened to him when he was a Colt. True. When he got beat, it was the teams that kept them off the field and just beat their asses by just just dominating them by two-thirds of the time of possession. Absolutely. But I, what I'm saying is that if Denver is smart, if John Fox is smart, they'll play, the same they'll play a ball control offense and keep um, Miami off the field because that's where it's going to cause a problem is if Miami has that ball too quickly. All right, Because this Denver defense is a lot better than people give credit for. They're getting scored on, and they have a lot of fantasy points scored against them, but it's only because the other team has the ball so damn much. But here's the problem, And too. it's always catch-up so, so let me let me jump on what you're saying, though, because that's exactly what Miami's plan is going to be in this game. 
What did Miami do? Who did they play last week? They played Buffalo, Buffalo who has the same, who's a Saints? no, yeah. even a better defense, better defense than though. Denver, right? And same they, type though. But they ran the game against Buffalo that will beat Denver. They were controlling ball. Look at what Tannehill did. In Miami, though. I understand. Old but Tannehill against them. He only threw for 240 yards. He threw for two touchdowns. No interceptions. Completed 76% of, of his passes. Late. A lot of it was late I know, the game, but 76% of his passes. 76%. Short, controlled passes. Nothing was going deep. They were just taking it easy and just taking what the Buffalo was giving them and running decently effective. They could run better against them. So okay, that's so, we, so we talked about the game itself. Yes. Who has good games fantasy-wise? Who has bad games fantasy-wise? I like Jarvis Landry. This is the game I think that he makes his statement. I agree. I, I, the, the guy has been coming on lately, and uh, he's, to be quite honest, he's not guardable. No. He's one of those type of guys who is strong. He's fast. Um, he has uh, great moves out of his breaks. That kid is is really tough to figure out exactly which way he's going. I'm, I'm calling his first hundred yard game. Are you with me on that? Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan. All right, good. I like that. Good. Yeah. Jarvis I, is the exact opposite of his ex teammate ODB. Yes. ODB is a speed burner. You know, our, uh, Landry is a kind of short, precise precision, precision route running. You know, smooth hips can you know. Shoulder fakes, head but still fakes. deadly in the open field. Yeah, well, that yeah. was a, that was an amazing catch, dr- stop on a dime, make one move, bullet it right up, and score on that touchdown. I mean, that was a great, yes. great move. He stopped on a dime. That defender kept going, and then he just got it in there. His pulled hamstring at the combine definitely hurt his stock a lot. Just but too. he's a much better player than his draft stock. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's too bad because a lot of people uh, should have noticed how good he was in college and should have taken him a lot higher. Who cares about that? I, I, I'm sorry to say, but anybody who puts stock into that draft process, into the into the combine. Yeah, 40 times. I'm sorry. Yeah, the 40, all that bullshit. I'm sorry, man. Uh, you're losing out on the greatest players if you're putting too much stock into that. Sometimes, what do you got to say, Valverde? Sometimes you, you miss out on a football player. Yeah, um, what, what, just to key on something really quick. Not, the one thing that I've also noticed with Peyton Manning the last few games is the interceptions. He threw two against the Raiders and then um, two, I guess, um, against St. Louis. I think he might have thrown more, but I lost count. So he's gotten, what, five or six interceptions the last couple weeks. So I don't know what he's trying to do there. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely had some troubles lately. Well, it's um, been the road pushing. games, though. It's been the road it games. It is. It, it's road games, and he's pushing a little too much. Um, I, 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 it's not going to hold up. I mean, it's not something that's a trend that's going to happen for no, the rest but of let, the year. Let, 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 me, let me clarify Valverde's point. Well, Valverde's point? Yeah. He, <laughs> he had three interceptions in seven games, in his first seven games. He has thrown six interceptions in his last three games. Yeah. Those have all been on the road, so that's what it's talking about the home cooking, and maybe home cooking is the thing that helps them out. Especially in Colorado. Or Rocky Mountain <laughs> You're cooking some brownies. Colorado. Enjoy a freed Colorado. Listen, uh, Payne Manning um, has never been said to have the strongest arm. You know what they have, though, in Denver, though? Hey, guys. 
Wonder joints. Wonder joints. Why don't chicks dig me? All right. Uh, any, what else we got in this one? I don't got much. I think we, I say we move on. That's fine. What about Lamar? Lamar Miller? Yeah, Lamar. Um, I, I don't see him having the greatest game. Denver, regardless, has been very good against the, the run. Um, and they will continue to be very good against the run, especially in Denver. Uh, if Miami, if things aren't going exactly the way we've been talking about in Denver, does just happen to go up big the way that they have been most of the year, Lamar won't be used no. all that much. So great. I wouldn't expect a great game out That's of That's the ultimate Another reason why neutralizer. we like Jarvis Landry, you and I. Exactly. Both big time. What about Mike? Other, other than the fact that Mike Wallace is unplayable, I can't believe that that guy has been such a cork soaker all season. Uh, could he play well? I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm uh, he has a chance because sure. the, the, the Broncos' defense is susceptible. I mean, because especially when they get up on a team, that's the whole thing. If they get up on him, Did yeah, you? but at the same time, I, what are you expecting? He's still not hit 100 yards all season. I know. He, he, it's only valuable if he gives you a touchdown. And as we've said, the guy he's getting, still getting all the attention. That's why the guy who's the, really the smart play this week is Jarvis Landry yeah. because they're not rolling the coverage to Landry. They're rolling it to, to Wallace. God damn you, Wallace. Sorry. Uh, all right, I'm going to do a pyro promo uh, <laughs> and, and get uh, get this will be the last one of the day. But uh, starting this weekend, last weekend, Suits, one of our pyro um, fellas and myself, started a Reddit account. So we're going to slowly be dipping into Reddit. Uh, the, you know, the if you don't know Reddit, it's R E D D I T. Dot com, but Pyro is going to be on there. We're really trying to figure out our niche and how we're going to promote, or not promote, but how we're going to use it. Uh, could be asking discussion questions. Could be, uh, you know, obviously we just started by posting our pieces. Uh, I think I did targets on Saturday. I just put up the pickups piece yesterday. And just trying to get some buzz. So if you're on Reddit, go to reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Pyro Fantasy Football. And, you know, it's really kind of just starting. We're just kind of planting that seed and trying to figure out how we're going to be able to utilize the audience there and do some cool things and some fun things that are kind of similar, maybe more of like a community-based, forum-based kind of thing of our second opinion. So we're we're really kind of just putting it out there. But go check us out there uh, and and help us uh, grow that beast, all right? Stay 
my show for you. We got a rock and rhythm and a high-tech sound that'll make you move your body down to the ground. We got Poindexter on the violin, and Lewis and Gilbert will be joining in. We got Booker Presley on the main guitar, and a rap by little Omi Lamar. We got Takashi beating on his gong. The boys and the moves are clapping along. And just when you thought you seen it all, along comes a lambda for foot tom. So moms will come on out here on the floor, so we can work our bodies like never before. Here's your Lamar fix. I gotta see this movie again. It'll be in a candy real soon. <laughs> Wait, no, no, wait. Would you rather live in the ascendancy of a civilization or during its decline? Point Dexter, do you want to fuck or not? <laughs> oh, yes. He Pretty does. Much. All right, let's move on to the Redskins are going to be at Levi Stadium. Obviously, RG3, everybody hates this guy. Everybody wants to punch him. I want him everybody. to be our spokesperson. Yeah, he's a, take us down. How much? How much <laughs> longer? The Subway already had to get rid of uh, uh, Su uh, a couple years ago. Remember, he was their big guy. So yeah. he's not. I always say Su. Uh, how, about, how about they? they are they he's still not keeping, anywhere to go? Are they still keeping a bong blowing uh, uh, like a DUI driving Phelps? Yeah, yeah. I, bong blowing, blowing. I think that was one of the events in the Revenge of the Nerds <laughs> yeah. Olympics. Yeah, Olympics. Nice. Well, so RG three, you know, obviously there's some some major issues with that team. Uh, God, is 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 is. is I'll, uh, I'll tell is you, the coach gonna make it through the season. Is Gruden making it through the Gruden's season. Gruden's gonna make it through the season. Yeah, I, I have I have thoughts about RG three. She's a nice girl. Big deal. Did you get in her pants? She's not that kind of a girl, booger. Why? Does she have a penis? <laughs> No, but she is a penis. <laughs> what do you got to say over there? I mean, I today I sent you guys all this piece saying RG3 is not an NFL quarterback. I mean, everybody, this, I, I think you all agreed it or agreed that, read that, it. Was, was that in the Washington Post? Washington Post. This was a great article written in first person from an angry fan. Yeah. Uh, I've had that feeling before. Uh, you know, RG3 just talks about how he's kind of in the pocket and it says it's going to buy him cargo shorts for Christmas because he hates pockets. Yeah, that, that, that was a hilarious line. You, by the way, you know who wrote the article? No, dog, why don't you tell me? It was the quarterback on the team he's facing. Colin Kaepernick wrote that article. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick, the second worst of professional quarterback in the entire league. Uh, these two teams going up against each other is apropos for this week. It, it's perfect. Uh, Washington going into San Francisco... Two running quarterbacks who can't pass worth the shit, who aren't trusted worth the shit, and um, are pretty much at this point unplayable in fantasy because you can't trust anything that's going to happen. Uh, I, I thought, I swear to you, I thought that RG3 could have broken out last game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was a perfect game for him to do something, but nothing. Nothing at all happened. As a matter of fact, it was worse than nothing. Isn't that the ultimate, though? When you have 
opportunities. Matt Ryan had these. He played Carolina last week, Tampa Bay the week before. Did nothing against them. When you have opportunities against the teams that are just giving up points to everybody in fantasy football and you can't put up points against them, that's a sign of your decline. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, they're going to have to give them a full offseason of tutelage for him to actually become something in the NFL. You know, I mean, this is this is getting to the point where um, ego and uh, draft status has become more than reality. And he's just, in reality, he's not a good quarterback. He can't do anything. He, admitted, he admitted that he isn't, though. <laughs> well, but he also uh, prefaced it or... I should say, not prefaced it, he, uh, his conclusion was, well, nobody else is playing well either. Right. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's or, or Pey- Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers, they're, they don't play great when they're surrounded. Oh, God, that, that, the, the dumbest <laughs> yeah. thing you could ever say. And then on the flip side, you got Peyton Manning after he almost destroyed Emmanuel Sanders. Like, God, when I see that, I feel the pain myself. Like, I cause, I, I help cause that. Like, the exact opposite of throwing under the bus. He's like, taking like, total that pain. That was my like, fault. Right. That's me. That's on me. It's like, this is, yeah, it's, it's, but the fact that he put himself in in the scene. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, you know what? If, if I do that on this podcast. I try and compare myself to Michael Jordan. The reason why I do that is because it's a friggin' joke. I'm, he's serious, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> this way. You need protection if you are thinking about starting either RG three or Colin Kaepernick this week. He remembers for. Good says. <laughs> protection. You need it for protection. Don't start these guys. Put your um, armor on. Don't start these guys. I will, however, say that if one of the two quarterbacks could have a good week this week, it is going to be Kaepernick. Um, because that Washington pass defense is really, really bad. Uh, the, the rush D has done well this year. Um, I don't see Gore doing all that much. Hyde, I think, is the better running back, but they're not going to use him uh, to the point where he's going to have an incredible game. Because they won't use him until midway through the second quarter or toward the end of the second exactly. quarter. Yeah. At best when... when yeah, no, and he won't get more than on. six to eight carries in a game right. anyway. And what are you going to really do with that to uh, make a huge dent in fantasy? So I, I do actually see um, Kaepernick having a pretty decent game in this one. Uh, that Minnesota... Uh, that uh, Sorry, not Minnesota. Uh, Washington pass defense can be beaten. As shown by Mike Evans and Josh McCown, a rookie wide receiver and a 36-year-old or 37-year-old has, has been, been previous high school coach quarterback. Exactly. Uh, who <laughs> has been never was. Got, <laughs> well, hey. He was. He, as a matter of fact, I don't. I know you guys don't know this. He was the one who got fired from the grocery store that Kurt Warner got the job. At. High B fired him. The High B fired him. Not. Damn you, High B. That was McCown. Damn you, High B. <laughs> so for uh, uh, Iowa fans, that's the only people who know who High B is. I got you. I went to Western Illinois. Oh, there you go. See, I got some High B in my life. You're out. You're out in the uh, in the River Valley. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on from this game. Yeah, there's not really a lot to talk about. This talk game. about Crabtree if you want, or Bolden, and then I'm done. Wow, there's no. Is is uh, I'm done. Bur- yeah, let's just move on. I put some eggs in a basket last week with Garcon because it was a perfect matchup for him to do it. I'm sorry, and it's not Garcon's fault. It is purely Griffin's fault. 
I am nowhere near that team anymore when it comes to fantasy, except for Morris, who could have good games against bad rushing defense. You mentioned eggs in a basket. San Francisco is not. You mentioned eggs in a basket and, like, fantasy and, like, San Francisco. Do you guys remember Bill and Ted's bogus journey? I tried to forget it. No, not really. No, but I could use an egg right now. He does. Val Verde does. Val Verde. You know. I like that movie. Okay. So... The eggs in the in the basket with uh, the young Keanu Reeves. That that's where I'm saying I'm not putting my eggs in this basket. Well, here's what I. Well, I want to hear Valverde's response. He's the only one who hears. I understands me. He's yeah. laughing too hard. He does. He can't even unpre- unpress mute. We're gonna talk my about baskets. Basket. We're my talking about baskets. Basket. When it comes to RG three, put the lotion in the basket. Just put him down in the well. Let him sit. Let him. Let him sit. Buffalo Bob. Don't don't don't, don't, let the don't find him. Loose. Let the Bronco out of the cage. What do you got, Valverde? Uh, you're on mute. Oh, he's on mute. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm alive now. Um, <laughs> you're just cackling so, in the background. What 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 happened? Where are we? <laughs> he just quoted Griffin again. That's awesome. Best thing about um, good old uh, Bill, what was the movie? Bill, Bill and Ted's Journey. Is uh, Carlin. Well, well any movie that Carlin. Yeah, yeah. Carlin. Yeah, absolutely. Solid. All right, let's move on to the uh, Sunday Night Football. Cowboys are at the New York Giants. What's uh, what's to be had here from a fantasy standpoint? Uh, where, where do you guys want to start this? So start with the Cow- Cowboys. Let them well, let, let, Let's have it. Mr. Stags, he's in the okay. house. Okay. Why don't you talk about your main man, your wet dream? Go ahead. Oh, you know, the, like, best player of fantasy football? Yeah, go ahead. Talk about him. DeMarco Murray? What's not to like about DeMarco Murray this week? Somebody can interject something later, but, you know, start the guy. He's going to get you probably over 100 yards. And if they ever actually decide to give him the ball in the red zone, he will probably score it. I mean, of all the guys who have... You know, 10 red zone carries. You know, DeMarco Murray deserves it more than any of these guys. And they keep pilfering him for Des Bryant fades in the end zone. They, do, they certainly do that. They're kind of going opposite of what the history of Dallas is, who used to always get the ball at the two-yard line by a Michael Irvin long catch and then give it to Emmett Smith for a cheap-ass effing touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's about time the tables have turned a little bit. because DeMarco new Murray, NFL. Yeah, except for the uh, Dallas Cowboys have flipped that on its head this season and played the exact opposite game plan of everyone else, which is nice to see, especially when you have a superb talent like DeMarco Murray. He's just the funnest running back in football to own because every time he carries it, he's going to take off a chunk. A five-yard chunk, and you're gonna feel like he. But can don't break. you also think that the reason that they've done that is because they've been trying to protect themselves from having an injured Tony Romo, and it still hasn't worked. As Jay Cutler says, "Don't care." <laughs> Last that bit. cigarette tastes good. Screw you. Five, five, five weeks ago, um, these two teams played each other. Demarco had 28 carries. For 128 yards and a touchdown, I, uh, he only had one catch for four yards. That was his worst receiving game of the season. Um, I don't see that holding up. I see them actually passing a little bit more this time. It will be in New York, so it's it's not going to be um, the same type of game. But he's going to get his carries. He's going to get 100 yards. He's going to get a touchdown. And they're going to lean on him because they don't want to expose Romo to danger. But 
there's hardly any danger to be exposed to when you're facing the New York Giants who hardly sack the quarterback. That's a fact. At this point in the year, um, the, the Giants are beatable in every facet. Um, so it, it's just going to happen. The f- funny thing is, though, is that Eli's had a great game against Dallas. He had three touchdowns, uh, upper 200 yards, uh, 280-something yards, I think it was. Um, dude, I mean, it was a great game by him. I and he's coming in on a hot streak right now. How many interceptions did he throw last? Five. Five, five. That's fine. It's like last season all over again. Oh, just five again. Five sneezes in a row. Sneezes interception. Sneezes interception. Sneezes interception. Yeah, they <laughs> almost didn't lose. <laughs> that um, was a disaster last week. Yeah, it was an absolute disaster last week. But he only has 11 on the year. Which almost half of them came last week. It's amazing. He had five last week. Uh, but he did have 280 yards. Which, which is obviously five interceptions. Fifty, uh, only a forty-eight point nine percent completion percentage. 40. This is the guy uh, who said he was going to complete seventy percent of his passes. Oh, you did on say the that. I'm going to complete seventy percent. What's his completion percentage on the season? Sixty-one point two. Oh, I'm Ooh, close. Really I'm within ten percent. That's my plus or minus it's the number. Third highest of his career <laughs> at this point. Which ain't too bad. He, he didn't go by Nate Silver's projections. <laughs> and it was a lot better before last week. He was up around 65% before last week. He was, re- he was actually getting pretty close uh, to what he was talking about. But last week took a huge dip, obviously. He did what you love to say. What did he do? Uh, he shit the shit bed. bed. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but then, listen, this is a whole different story. This is an interdivision game. These two teams know each other. They know what each other does. Um, Rommel and Eli both tend to have good games against each other. Um, I could see some passing this game. Obviously, I, DeMarco will get the carries and he'll have a great game. Uh, I see Rashad Jennings coming back and having a pretty strong game. He's going to get the carries. They're Let's not say this shy about Rashad him. Jennings, too, because he came back. They gave Andre Williams two carries. Yeah. He had two yards. No shot. Two carries. Is that a shock at all? So, understand this. But here's the other thing that you also have to understand. If you're a Rashad Jennings owner. He's only had one 100-yard game on the season. He hasn't really been anything as effective after week three. He had, he had a great start to the season. That's where he's, he's living out right now. The benefit for him is that Williams sucks. He had every opportunity to take the job away from Rashad Jennings. Did not do it. In fact, what he did was he cemented to the ownership that you cannot count on me as your running back forever anywhere in the future. You're going to need to get another one going down the road. And you better ride this guy until he gets injured again. Listen, I, I would like to real quick apologize. Um, my rankings last week were not up to par. I've had an incredible year. I'll tell you that right now. But last week was pretty bad. I am saying this right now because one of my best calls of the week was Andre Williams. 50 out of my 50 running backs. Number 50 was Andre Williams. Two carries, two yards. I feel pretty proud about that one. <laughs> but of the other 49, I wasn't so proud. <laughs> All right. Um, is, that where, we, is that where you... <laughs> are you Walter Mondale? I won Minnesota. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, I listen, it, it, it's going to be a lot better this week. Uh, I'm, I'm 
Hey, it, it happens. Everybody has a poor week. I'm sorry about it. It'll be better next week. Sorry to the fans and everything. Um, believe me, keep following. Nice. It'll be a lot better this next week. All good. All good, buddy. Uh, should we move on to the next game? Yeah. Let's do All it. All right, let's do it. Rounding out the last game, Monday Night Football. This is going to be the Ravens at the Saints. Uh, first thing I want to mention, obviously, we talked Brandon Cooks. He's been put on uh, injured reserve. He's done for the season. I want one of you guys out there that, to go back to the podcast that me and Houdini bet that uh, that Brandon Cooks was going to get over. And uh, I was in on that bet. Yeah, I bet the exact same. But hold on. My question is, is, did we say barring injury? That was the question. That's the question. Did we say barring injury? It sounds like you're just pawning this off on somebody else. You can have lobster claws. The fucker lobster claws. What the fuck are Robster Cross? What the fuck is Robster Cross? Who said that we were saying injuries had to do? What the fuck are Robster Cross? I think I I would be smart enough to say barring injury. Anytime I bet on something, which isn't very often, mind you, but I'm learning that when I really go all in on a player, it usually does not pan out on me. Kaepernick, four years ago. You're like a goat. Whenever whenever somebody says uh, barring injury, I always say 10-game minimum. Like so that. if if, yeah. you, if you had said because football, I'm pretty sure we said we did not say anything about you. Have no idea. You're Give right. Me a break. <laughs> you are correct. God. You are correct. Positive. You are correct. Okay. Let's go. On. I have no idea. And now the next 45 minutes of this podcast will be us listening to episode nine. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Let's go back. Three. Brought to you by Budweiser. Yes, I like it. Let's do it. All right. Saints, let's start there. What, uh, you know, of course. Talk about the disappointment of the NFC South. This division is, they are the mopery of the NFL. (laughs) That depends on how you uh, revere mopery. If you love it, then they're the best division. It's the anti-mopery. It's amazing because Carolina came out hard the last couple of years. Atlanta was a huge up-and-comer. Obviously, the Saints were the Saints. You would think Isn't that it this true was going to be... Isn't it true that no team has won this division back-to-back? Back? Yes. No team has won this division ever back-to-back. Yes. Yet every team has won this division the equal amount of times. Weird stats about this a- a- NFC South. It's and crazy. weird noises from, from a, a squeaky stag party. Hey, uh, Valverde. Yes. Do you have any guys that have disappointed you this year that you feel like bitch laughing from the, that are on the Saints? Well, we can start with you know pretty much Drew Brees. Um, let's see what I was First running down Drew, the whole running back situation: Marquise Colston, Brandon Cooks. You know, pretty much almost the whole team. I mean, Brees, Brees not so much, but. If you look at to what he's supposed to do on the field and what people thought he was going to do on the field, he hasn't even come close to it. So I'm, I'm pretty disappointed in all of the Saints this year. Except for Mark Ingram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The guy blew expectations away. Yeah, he's... he's but it he's took... It didn't, it didn't happen, though, until he came back after that uh, little stint. No, it, it was going on before. Yeah, he had one game that was pretty good. touchdowns yeah. and beat Dogmatica. And but then won. it was... <laughs> Once he had that motherfucker. First... <laughs> Sorry, sore wounds. That's all right, you motherfucker. But hey, the tear he's been up. on, he's been the surprise. Yeah, because, and, and how surprising, especially because it's a sole running back that's had success there in New Orleans, where this has always been a committee approach, and it's always been a pass-first team as opposed to a run-first team. And it looks like right now, 
if they're going to have success, they're going to need to have it be through Ingram first and playing off of him. Hey, Strange. Mark Ingram has played seven games. Uh, he's had double digits in five of those seven games. One of those ones that he didn't was 9.7 points. Last week. And he's had over 20 points twice. That's unreal. He's 10th. He is 10th. Only playing seven games, being injured for a couple of few weeks. He's 10th. He is 10th in running back points this year. Which is also, again, it goes back to the point that I was making earlier when we talked about all these wide receivers and these rookies and all these guys that have come on. And look at the, the running backs. You're not... If a guy has only played seven games and he's a top 13 running back, why are you... In fantasy, running to get running backs with your first two picks. No. Why? No doubt. There's no reason anymore. Go other directions. Get the players that score points. And wide receivers are scoring points more often now. And, and they Va- still stay healthier. And Val, what do you got to say, bud? Um, just touch on the drafting standpoint. I, I totally agree that it's, it's such. I mean, if you look at the first round draft draft board and you see the running backs. Who's there that that really has performed anything except for Matt Forte? Everybody else is just falling off the board. And two you, guys you that were second rounders, out. two guys that were second rounders in uh, Lynch and your boy uh, Demarco, Demarco uh, have, have have stepped up. But for sure, Lacey might come around, but he was a first rounder, garbage. Peterson, McCoy, first round. Peterson. Ellington, Giovanni Bernard. Yeah, but those are second rounders. I'm talking. The, the, yeah, Bell, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Money both Ball, second. Money Ball was a first rounder. Bell, oh, yeah, Bell, Ball, Money Ball yeah. were first rounders. Oh. Monty Ball. Monty Ball. Listen, oh. my first three picks in the only the only league I was in: Adrian Peterson, boop, Monty Ball, boop, Giovanni Bernard, boop. <laughs> Good for a little bit. Yet, of time off. Yeah. Yet I am still in the playoff hunt. It's crazy because I drafted deep in running backs as well. I, I got my Ahmad Bradshaw. I got my um, uh, Bell, uh, Joy Bell. You know, I mean, I, I got a, a few other guys that uh, have done me pretty well in, in, in this league. Uh, you, you have to draft deep in running back if you want anybody to pan. And that, that's a fact at this point. You could draft all the wide receivers you want. Anybody's going to pan in wide receivers. There's so many wide receivers to be had that come out of nowhere. Look at the top 10, 15, 20 wide receivers. Like I said, of the top uh, 31 wide receivers, seven of them are rookies. Okay, you could get wide receivers anywhere as well. Yeah, it so works it's not both so ways. Much. It works both ways. You got to get depth and, and hit. You got to hit. And I have Crowell, I have West. You talk to more no, but people. Here's the point, though, too, is that you could miss on your Charles first. I, I was looking at one of my, my leagues where I'm, I'm struggling, and I'm, but I'm still in the playoff line. I missed on my first five draft picks. That, that could have been so much better. That included Giovanni Bernard, Percy Harvin, Michael Floyd. Uh, you know, just crap like that. It happens. Exactly. But it, it's there's this is the point always that we always make, and it's true. It doesn't matter because there's always guys in the waiver wire that are available that are players. You have to be on that thing immediately. There are always guys that people overvalue, and you got to sell early and get and realize what the truth is on the reality on these guys is, and get out of the situation early. But you could always, always, always get yourself out of a bad draft if you sit there and do nothing. Then nothing's going to happen for you. 
I got to tell you, the only definite that there is that we have seen it and we know it, quarterback. Yeah. Quarterback, pretty much. I hate to say it. No, no, you're right. The breeze hasn't been it. All of it. But he's giving decent overall. points each week. Yeah, but, but he still, he still gives you that. percent yeah. of what you expected. Exactly. It's still that great. Rodgers. Rodgers. When you, wait, when you, when you draft a running back who does not give you the points, he goes from giving you expected points to no points. Yeah. To Trent Richardson level. The quarterbacks don't fall Breeze, you expect, yeah. you know, a 20... 24 to 25 a game, and he's only giving you 21 to 23 or, or 20 or 18 a game. to 23. Oh, well. Still. You know, it's still only four it's points. Stop Kaepernick is giving you six points in a game. Exactly. That's the thing. Get your quarterback, too. I hate to say it. You do. Maybe get your quarterback. I got my luck. That's saving me. I got those three running backs. I got luck late. It helps. The yeah. fact is, quarterbacks always have, always will score the most points in fantasy football. So, Yes, it goes on separation. You look at depth of this position, but the fact is, the teams that usually are the teams that are winning their fantasy leagues are because they have made great choices later on in their draft, but also because they have a good quarterback. True. There's a lot of variables, but I think the one biggest thing is you know draft from great offenses. That's it. You know, Agreed. great quarterbacks lead great offenses, which lead great fantasy teams. Yep. So you know. You get a team. You get guys who are on Andrew Luck's team. You're getting T.Y. Hilton. You're getting Dwayne Allen. You're getting great players. You're getting Emmanuel Sanders, who people got took late off Peyton Manning's team. You know Julius Thomas, Demarius Thomas, guys like that. Matter numbers. All the yeah, yeah. all the get, 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 Yeah, get some packs. So there are guys get who get lucky Eagles. though, as far as too, like people who drafted Nick Foles was a guy who was drafted later. But was from a great offense. But again, I did that. He Foles and, and, and Locker in that same zone were just like they had these offenses. They're going to take that next step. The, these I, I I thought those were the, definitely the number one and two valued picks at quarterback going into this year. I think yeah. we all. Did. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about the Ravens briefly, and then let's shut this party down and uh, let Valverde, who to the listeners, just so you guys know, Valverde's got a mohawk right now. He's got a freaking mohawk. He's, guy's he, he's awesome. Gile from Street Fighter 2. Or Guile. I don't care which way you want to pronounce his name. Gile. I like Gile. You're saying Gile because you're wearing Puma Brazil time, soccer shoes. Every time we say Valverde and crack a beer, he loses a couple hairs. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> no wonder. And it's just working its way up to the top of the head. <laughs> we by do. the end of the year, it's done. By the end of the year. By the end of the week. By the end of the week, you're not even going to have any hair on your balls, Valverde. That's, that's how much. That's how we many weird. About, how many, hey, how many get on the beers that we drink over here, buddy? Booker's got to say for that. Booker's got to say. Valverde likes that. There you yeah. go. All right, let's do the Ravens and close this out. The Ravens aren't even worth talking about too much. Do your thing, guys. Let's 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 get this party done. What what do you think, Doug? Justin Forsett's going to run for some yards in this one. Uh, the Saints can definitely be had in, in the running game. It wouldn't shock me if the Ravens actually picked up one of those running backs coming up. Uh, I could see Tate coming into that offense. I could see Blount maybe coming. Karen into that Kubiak. Offense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tate. Karen Kubiak. Exactly. Ben Tate <laughs> worked with Kubiak, uh, obviously with Houston for a while. He likes his Ben Tate. You know that they're going to make a play on them, on him. It no, wouldn't no. shock me and at all, quick, especially to keep him away from Indy. Not only that, but it's also it's uh. also what you, what, what uh, Stags is saying here. It's familiarity with systems. 
why you said, is it possible that LeGarrette Blount goes back to New England? Yes, because he knows the system. Is it possible that Garrett Kubiak goes, I want to grab Ben Tate because you know what? I can plug and play him because he knows my system. Yeah. Yep. And he's not no learning curve. again yet. Um, uh, going to the wide receivers, it wouldn't shock me if uh, Steve Smith and Torrey Smith had some decent games. I could see, actually, I, I don't want to see a shootout here, but I could definitely see some uh, some points being scored as opposed to a lot of other games. It's a dome game, all right? Uh, it's getting cold out, and you're not going to get... Uh, last week, we saw a lot of top-flight players getting shut down. Calvin Johnson, what did he get? Nothing. What did jo- Julio Jones get? Nothing. Uh, what did Demarius Thomas get? Not a whole hell of a lot. You he know? got 100 yards, didn't he? No, I don't even think he could. did. He get a hundred yards. Get, I, I got to check. But Demarius, I, I know I, he was kept out of the end zone. But I thought he got a hundred yards. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot of top flight players who just didn't get a whole hell of a lot. Well, at the end, he was the only wide receiver playing for the Broncos. He, seven, did. he did have 103 yards, seven catches, 103. No Bear, touchdowns. Okay, so uh, but like that's his third, that's also his. Uh, wow, that's his fourth game in a row without a touchdown. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, it's getting cold out and. Listen, it's going to turn to the running game a little bit more. But if you're playing in a dome, you could still open it up. Correct. And that's what's going to happen. I don't see, however, Jimmy Graham having the greatest game. Baltimore no, he is got, awesome. He also got hit Titans. early in that game, which slowed him down. And then yep. it basically took him out of the game the rest of the game. Jimmy Graham is still fragile right now. They, they, they would have been better served to just let him rest for one or more, two more weeks when he was, was ailing and yep. coming back and giving you no production because... The type of production that he's giving, I'm an owner. In four leagues, I'm an owner. I'm angry, I'm going to give my anger. This is one of those things, Jimmy, I'd rather you sit out two weeks and then come back and be Jimmy. Don't give me three catches for 29 yards because I would rather start Charles Clay. I'd rather start Dwayne Allen when healthy. All these other guys, as opposed to you when you're you're teasing me. By the way, 14 games ago, I forgot to mention it. Uh, Delaney Walker will probably be back for Tennessee. That was 14 games ago. But uh, (laughs) Jimmy Graham, I'll tell you right now, is not going to be a great play this week. And you're going to wish that he would just sit and get healthy. I've been, wishing that, I've been wishing that for eight weeks. I know. He, 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 listen, he's not going to have a great game against Baltimore. They're very good. He's just been the biggest, he's been my biggest disappointment ever as a first round. Kenny Stills, look for that guy. Yeah, because Brandon Cook's out. Stills, we mentioned him early in the year, too, that this guy steps up and, and he had a nice touchdown catch that he made on a, a great move to get the touchdown. Absolutely. Uh, he's got talent and. Potential. I got a waiver wire going through in about nine minutes. All right, we'll of close a, it out. Of Let's a go. stills, of a stills for a Brandon Cooks. Uh, so real quick, he's got. I asked him. You he got nothing. He's good. Stag party. Awesome. He stopped by and uh, and joined us. That was a nice surprise. Always a pleasure uh, having your insight on the Pyro Podcast. Excellent, and I uh, just want to give a hats off to you, Valverde. Just holding it down, knocking out those news feeds Great for Pyromaniac uh, on a daily basis. You're going in and giving that, uh, giving that immediacy that a lot of our other content there at, uh, on Pyromaniac does not provide. So thanks for all your hard work and uh, your relentless uh, push on that thing. I know it's been a long season. Uh, we were talking before we started the show just on... Uh, you know, when you do a site like this, and I'll let you talk to this end, but you, when you do a site and you write fantasy football like we do and we do this podcast, 
we're doing this year round, but also we're doing it since the since the draft. You get tired. It's not like our season starts in September. Our season actually totally, really, really gets really humming July. Uh, be really beginning of the time. Well, my season well, got started in 2009. I'm saying oh, absolutely. All of our April, no, now May with the draft. Yeah, it but Once it gets the, it gets, starts, the it season kills, starts. Yeah, kills We're July. working year round, but the season starts. So when it gets to be no, mid November, it's it's you're, you're tired. You're like been, you're, you're a little footballed out. So I'll let you talk for a bit, Valverde, and just say, hey, you know, we appreciate everything you're doing, buddy. Well, thank you guys. Are you know I I love the site as you guys know, and my cat's really excited about the site as well. <laughs> and so you know I, I appreciate it, and you know I you know I love hanging out with you guys, and you know that's part of the reason why I, I want to work so hard. And so thank you very much for the shout out, and uh, yeah, we're just gonna keep rolling with it. You're the man, dude. You're the man. Love it. Love it. Valverde. Not only, work, are, not only is your name synonymous with drinking, one thing we love, uh, but you're, uh, rock, seeing you rock that, uh, that mohawk and having you on the show is awesome. We'll probably have you back on. We'll definitely have you back on for our mock draft uh, podcast, which get going in the summer of next year. But let's definitely have you back on again, and we're going to have a, a little bit of a kind of a Camp David type of meeting with all hands on all the people that are that are helping and providing uh, assistance for Pyro. The guys here, Stag Party, myself, D Rex. You got Houdini, you got Dogmatica. We just talked about Valverde. Suits is in the mix there, and we Italian. got Mo. We got Mo as well, and uh, we're going to get a big uh, meeting of the minds and probably knock out some podcasts. And- Hopefully some videos and really figure out, map out the next uh, the next year or so that we got going on for Pyro. So I'll let you sign off, my man. Thank you for uh, again for being on, and thank you for all you do, Val. You're the man. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Have a good night. We love you. Love the more hair on your face than there is in the head. Awesome, <laughs> awesome stuff. Well, let's close out. You two was the opener and the closer. This is off an album that was panned by so many, but I loved it, and it's pop. This last song is called Mofo. In-
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.